This is bottom of the bill. The thing that Courtney's like super particular about when you play with her is like that tempo, like that time has to be there. Yeah. And whenever it's not there, she's like, yo, get that shit together. And then sometimes I like to like throw her through a loop and I'm like, oh, we're going to, we're going to modulate now. And she's like, no, I'm like, no, I'm going to modulate. You are going to follow. We do. So I think we just continually push each other, I yeah. think, and try not to get like lazy because on cover kicks you can you can just be like nobody's listening anyway i'm just not gonna give a fuck but it's like but we're playing music like, yeah. We, yeah even if we're playing to like nobody or just an ungrateful piece of shit person that's just like can you all play skinner it's like no we're gonna sit i mean we did play skinner one time <laughs> <laughs> um but for a dollar i might yeah <laughs> as you guys all know we're like super grateful to like be able to have careers in music and even the fact that like we live in Jacksonville. So many people can make a living here playing music and you don't really even have to play it at that high of a level. Which like, I, mean, I would argue that you don't, yeah. Yeah, you don't have dude. to play at a high level at all. Because like, there's so many other places no. where it's like, dude, like all of us somewhere else, we wouldn't be working. Like, or just be a dime a dozen type thing. You know what I mean? Like the qualification isn't necessarily the level that you're playing at. Yeah. It's like the professionalism yeah. and everything else that comes with it because the talent is a given. Yeah. You either have it or you're not working. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And we wouldn't be making like 50 bucks, like yeah. playing three hour gigs, totally. you know, so totally. we wouldn't, nice. that's not sustainable. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another edition of Bottom of the Bill. We got some cool news. Uh, we are doing a sweepstakes right now. So if you go to our Instagram, you can find the video You can comment, tag your friends in it, and then subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can enter to win a bunch of cool free stuff that we got from Carmadon from strings by aurora from pig hog uh, cables um it's a really cool giveaway honestly and it's super easy all you got to do is tag your friends and hit that subscribe button to help us grow this channel so we can start making some money because that's what we need in our lives is money yep and uh it would help us to continue bringing you these dope conversations um, and then also merchandise, we got that. It's in the description. We're working on some cool new stuff as always. So keep following for that. And uh, we also are joined today by Melody, who's going to be doing our little introductions with us. And um, we got Koi Boy as well. So we'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, Chris, you just went on vacation, right? I did. I was up in uh, Oak Island. Didn't find any treasure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I looked really hard for it too. I was hoping that we could just bankroll this podcast and uh couldn't find it this time. Found plenty of sunburn and sand though. So uh that's really the treasure we're all looking for. Have ha, people have died there, right? Like Yeah, old age is like a big thing up there. No, no. <laughs> I mean like I were, there was like a documentary that I watched where there was like people they were like trying to the search for the Oak Island treasure thing. Or yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's crazy. It's just a flat, tiny little island, and people go ham trying to find this supposed gold that's sitting up there. I don't see it. It's so but, strange. Uh, yeah, they they go in, and the the locals uh they're just trying to dissuade all the tourists like. There's no gold. There's no gold. They know exactly where it is. They've been, <laughs> the locals they've been, know. They've been plucking off that for ages. What? A, huh? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, what were you guys doing there? Just chilling? Jack Diddley. Um, it was awesome. Uh, went up and sat on the beach, and which I, I don't ever do. I live at the beach and never go to the beach. So 
sat on the beach, played some golf. I actually played a unreally good game of golf. It was just uncalled for. I don't play. I played three times a year and was just annihilating it. My dad was just like, what are you, what is happening? Like he plays three or four times a week and he was just like visibly aggravated. <laughs> like he was just like, this is not fair. This is not cool. Uh, I mean, it's a hard game. And for people that play all the time that are like working on it constantly. And then to have somebody who doesn't even like play at all, come in and wreck it is super frustrating. I oh, imagine it's, it was hilarious. He's just like, and then my mom who plays all the time is not a, she's, not figured it out yet so like there's the he's got the frustration of trying to get her to get 10 feet off the tee box and then there's me who just drove it 180 yards down and he's just like what is happening today <laughs> so that was that was a blast um and then yeah we just kind of hung out they rented it they had a house there for years and they sold it and now they like going back and they just rented a spot to hang out in so stayed by the beach had a golf cart we were zipping around on um, they got some e-bikes. That was the first time I've ever used an e-bike. Those are ridiculous. I biked 13 miles just, like, on one of those things. I mean, do you feel like you get any workout with that? I did, but maybe a normal person wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I was biking around on those things, and, like, I was expecting it to be, like, motorized, and it's just, like, pedal assist, really. There's, like, four different levels. So, like, I had it set pretty low for the first seven or eight miles, and then for the last bit of it, I like kicked it on and it like you still have to put in work but it just matches your stuff uh, you put in so like you can set it to like 25 up to 100% and so like when it's on 100 if you're putting in pretty good it's also going to go and I was like zipping around like 20 miles an hour just like you you have to pedal and you have to like put it in but they're they're cool I see why people like those I've heard all the rage from my folks and everything and they're they're pretty gnarly they're pretty awesome hell yeah uh so that was nice um just a quick up and back um but it was fun and then i came back i drove back down and went straight to a gig last night and then another one this morning and it was at the gig this morning that i um i'm going to double down on my hatred for the jacksonville sky trains um (laughs) we played in the park downtown this morning uh james wilden johnson and the fire alarm on the train tracks went off and whoever runs those must have forgotten that there was a fire alarm because they were on for like 20 minutes oh my god um and it's just like we figured out that the alarm was in c and just played in c for 20 minutes (laughs) no one would turn it off it was like we're just like waiting and waiting and waiting it was the most obnoxious thing and then of course no one goes and gets on it so like Really, really helping us out, Jacksonville. You forgot where the off button on your stupid train alarm is. This is real cool, guys. That's so wild. Um, so, yeah, we're just sitting there, and, like, everyone in the park's kind of, like, we're sitting over here playing, and they're just like, okay, this is a lot of stimulus <laughs> happening right now. And I'm just sitting here just like, this is so annoying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was that was good. Came back and did some gigs, and then – celebrated because we dropped our second single last night at midnight walk away and so that's out in the world now hell yeah um the full ep is dropping this friday this week from today for us and later this week for y'all um and then the ep release show is happening after that so it's uh it's exciting we got a new video for it it's not a miles quality production uh but we've filmed so many gigs over the past 
I don't know, six, seven years and um, just went through all that footage and found, you know, like lined up the performance from there with the tune. And it's kind of incredible how close we kept the tempo most of the time. Yeah. There was was some runaway stuff, but like it was relatively easy to go in and like line up stuff and like seeing how like certain drummer, like we, it's all different players. I mean, from we shouted them all out in the video and just funny, like you could see who's playing what on what and like where some of these ideas, like kind of like you'll hear something lock in with, uh, with like Medico you'll go down the line and see like a Phil Castro came up with that made the record and stuff like that. So it was, it's a cool, it was a cool concept that we kind of put together. So you can check that out on YouTube, on our Instagram and all that good stuff. So the music's coming. It's been, it's been going well. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Stoked for you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. (sighs) Man. Um, I've had a pretty interesting, well, not, I wouldn't say interesting week. It's been a pretty normal week, but, um, I had a, I went to the, I played at Bedlam on Monday, and then since I was out there, they had uh, the Monday Jam at Blue Jay. Uh-huh. I stopped by there and sat in with Craig and uh, Eric and all those guys, and uh, it was funny, man. So, um, you get there, and they're doing their thing, and then I noticed Kenny Hamilton comes in, Dennis comes in, and then... We get up, uh, they, they call me up to play, and then, uh, what is it, uh, Keith, the guitar player, right, from Mofro? Pete. Pete, sorry, sorry, bro. Um, Pete, uh, who's just a fucking animal, dude, yeah, he's so good. wild. Yeah, so it was like me, Pete, Dennis, uh, Kenny, Eric, Craig, and then uh, Ferris on bass. Uh-huh. And uh, so they called Cantaloupe Island, which is fine. I mean, I haven't played it in a minute, so I just, like, kind of forgot <laughs> the changes a little bit. <laughs> um, but then uh, so we kind of I kind of got through that one. And then uh, they call Sunflower. You know this tune? It's a Herbie Hancock tune, right? I don't think I don't, so. I don't know if I do. It's, like, an old jazz tune. And, um like obviously i don't play jazz so like the so i'm like up there holding on for dear life and thankfully pete has uh charts for Mm -hmm. it right so and the charts are are i mean the the changes are pretty easy but they're kind of like unique or like interesting yeah so it's like it's 16 measures of d minor seven Mm -hmm. then it goes up to E flat major seven, kind of like so what? Yeah. And then it goes back down to D major seven, and then it hang. Then it goes back to and each each one of those is eight measures, and then it goes back to D minor seven for another sixteen measures, and then it starts over D minor seven for another sixteen measures. Mm. Now the confusion comes in because not everybody plays that extra sixteen measures at the end of the D minor seven. So, so the first time through the form, everyone's kind of like, like Craig's really listening to, to make sure. But then I feel like there was a, something happened where the first time through somebody was jumping to one of the changes early and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm lost. And we finally got through, uh, we finally all locked in and agreed on the form at some point. And, uh, it was my turn to take a solo 
after um, Kenny and Dennis, by the way. Nice. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, I did what I did and it was fine. Um, but uh, I was definitely hanging on for dear life. But I did get an applause from the audience after my nice. solo. So, and it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done. So I was a little, I was proud of myself on that front. I'm pretty, well, I, if I saw Instagram right, wasn't James Hogan out there? Yes, he was out there too. To give you a nice high five after I didn't, the solo? I didn't uh, get a chance to talk to him. He was being flooded with the with the musicians. I'm absolutely sure he never goes out. Yeah. So Did he get to sit in at all? I mean, they definitely asked him and he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is who you guys are getting up? Yeah. I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got nothing to prove here. <laughs> I can also not play Sunflower. Fuck off, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we played, uh, who's this chick? Katie. Katie Dutton, who yeah. sings with them and Bakings. And yeah, she she crushed it. She yeah, did she uh, awesome. put a spell on you. That was really cool. And then uh, we did some other stuff. I just kind of jam-bushed their whole set, honestly. That's cool. It was fun. Oh, we did a, we did a really cool version of All Blues. Um, nice. Craig, <laughs> Craig was like, yeah, I mean, we just did a standard before and I didn't want to like make this all like, a, like, this is not a jazz jam. So he start so we start playing it and he just goes into this really interesting kind of 12, eight feel with it, but like super syncopated. Yeah. So I was like, so once we locked in, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Um, and, and then it was just, it was fun. Like just. I've never he's just, and also he has never played it in that way. So he was just trying to come up with a new groove on the spot. Totally. So it was fun, man. It was like a cool thing, and I felt really good because I haven't challenged myself like that in a long time. Yeah. Just going to a jam, sitting in with guys that are just leagues above me, and then also playing tunes that I've never gotten. I mean, I, I've played all I've played all those songs with the exception of Sunflower, mm. like a bunch over the years. It's just been a long time. Yeah. Um. And so it just it felt it felt good to do that. Refreshing. Awesome. You know. Uh, who was the special guest? There was no special guest this okay, time. Okay. Yeah, because they posted it like okay, that's a good little marketing thing, guys. What they what they do? They just like on the flyer, they're like, and they put a special guest with like a question mark and a blacked out silhouette. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, real real cool guys. I bet, I bet it was James, and he still decided not to play. Just, yeah. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was fun though, man. It was and a nice turnout. It wasn't like super packed or anything, but it was like you know nice yeah. attentive crowd as usual. I I love Blue Jay, man. You got to go out to a jazz jam and sit in just to do it i know you say you don't play jazz but you know and you you know enough to get around and especially if you like you know some of the cats that run it like stan and those guys if like hit him hit him up with like a funk something in your wheelhouse and send it to stan and he'll give it to the boys and go out there and play it i mean yeah I, when i was out or just go and drown who cares yeah. <laughs> you know well um well i i uh when i was out there i think i went out like last year to one of them when i had a tuesday off mm -hmm. and i was like and uh I mean, like the, all those guys are my friends. Stefan was like, you know, we can just do like a blues or something. Just come up and jam. And I and yeah. I just refused. I was like, bro, I'm not gonna like. But I think I should. There's there's something good about a blind confidence, regardless of whether you're you're deserving of that space or not. Which you definitely are, especially like with some of the stuff I've seen out there. Like it's yeah, it's a jazz jam, but there's so many things that fall under jazz nowadays. Yeah, like, totally. And I know they like to do a lot of like the older swing stuff, but like. 
there's room for a lot of stuff in there, you know, that's high caliber musicality. Yeah, and there's stuff that I've also like played over the years that I could just like yeah. rec- I could just like if I really wanted to go just do like a day of prep. Yeah. And just like, you know, get like a t- like one or two tunes under my fingers again and just be like, okay, yeah, I can do this and play. Um so I just I just need to start doing that more, putting myself out there again, yeah. just pushing myself cuz it felt good and then it just translates you know, like when you're really thinking about about the moment like that, it comes across in like everything else where you're just like, you know, taking more risks again. Yeah. And that was a special guest Tuesday, the YP's jam. How was that? I heard that went well and that it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, man. It was so funny. Um, so we played. I didn't. First off, I didn't know that Ethan, Jeremy's son, was like the house drummer. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and he sounds great, man. I mean, for yeah. not being a drummer and and totally. like, and we th- we were throwing the tunes that we I picked were like you know not the easiest tunes yeah. to play on drums especially, and he was getting the forms down and he was like keeping it like keeping the groove. It was sound good, man. Yeah, I've definitely played. I've definitely hired drummers with more clout with less capability over <laughs> the years. So. He definitely checks everything out. Like he was when I hosted a couple weeks before you, I. We had like a saying, we had like a snake pile list and like he was hitting me up being like, we should learn this one. We should do this one. I'm like, how about you tackle the ones that we sent you first, boss? And then we'll, we'll go from there. But he played all, like same thing. He like knew all of them and like could keep them, keep them going and everything. So I was like, all right, Bob. Yeah. I see that. He's Yeah, man. It was fun. And uh, he's a fun hang too. Um, and then uh, it was really funny at the end of the night. It gets to be like, you know, 1230, a little after 1230. And Jeremy was like, you know, we can do one more song or we can call it. And KP and I are both look, kind of looking at each other. We're like, I think we should call it. And then KP says it because it's not my my position to call that. You know, I'm not. It's not my gig. So KP is like, I think we should call it. And then Ethan comes in and Jeremy's like, we'll, we'll leave it up to Ethan. <laughs> He's like, Ethan, what do you want to do? Do you want to you want to play one more tune or do you want to go home? And Ethan just like this with his youthful exuberance, just like. Let's do one more tune. Let's go. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> but I also have to admire like his 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 like just enthusiasm. Yeah, to just we've play all been another. There. We've yeah, all been there. Yeah, he just wants to fucking play another tune, man. He just wants yeah. to play more. And I and then I was like, "All right." And then we ended up doing it. And it was it was fun, but I was just I thought it was really funny. Yeah, like just <laughs> the way that he came in. And he was just like, "Let's go!" Like, like we're 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 doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're like, all right, fine. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even be like, like remotely upset by it. <laughs> just like how how enthusiastic he was about it. Yeah. Like we're we're like we're pushing through, boys. Let's do it. Yeah. Like fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> we had the exact opposite at YPs last night. We um played and ended with a completely empty room, uh, for the last tune. So I caught us like 15 minutes early, and as we're like we. We ended, we turned the house music back on, we're breaking down, and like we're we're wrapping cables, everything's off stands at this point, and someone walks in and goes, Y'all play another tune. And I was playing with Jessica, and Jess just laughed in his face. It was <laughs> like she was just like, No shot, bro. Uh and he goes, No, come on, y'all play another tune. I'm like, it's a hundred bucks a man to play another tune. And this guy <laughs> opens his phone he's like talking a big game he opens his phone pulls up his bank account he's talking all this shit being like yeah y'all are gonna play it opens his bank account looks at it and goes y'all have a good night <laughs> it's the funniest I've ever seen in my life there's an atm right outside We're like bro you go out there and pull 
two hundred dollars and put in that guitar case, I will set everything back up. It is broken down. I will set up my whole PA again <laughs> and play you two two or three more songs for a hundred bucks a man. And he's like, Oh yeah, I got you. I got I got money. I got all sorts of I'm good for it and this and that and he's like, Y'all y'all have fun. Get that, get out of here. That's too funny, bro. <laughs> Something about YPs. Play one more. Yeah. Like <laughs> You're a better person than I am. I like I would I don't care what they offer me unless it's like real money. I I just I, I'm at this point in my life where I'm like it's a principle thing. I'm done, and you don't you can't buy my time with a hundred bucks, dude. That's already what the bar is doing. They've bought my time. I know hundred bucks. I I understand. It's a percentage thing. It's a numbers game. If it's over fifty percent of what I'm gonna make that night, you can one hundred percent buy my time. Yeah. If it's if you're offering me ten bucks, you can get fucked. <laughs> but yeah, principle, 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 principle. No, I know. Bad. I'm just. It's just. It's just. If I can double my money for the night, I will hundred percent set up one speaker and one microphone real quick. I it's feel you. No problem. Yeah, I feel that. If it were, if it were something, if it were like a wedding gig or something like that, no shot because a that no one's gonna pay you anymore, and b there is clearly defined guidelines. But it's a bar. But also. Where were you the past 20 minutes when we were playing to an empty room? Yeah. We played for literally nobody because the bartender was like, keep it rolling. We're like, all right. So we did. And now you want to come in and hear some tunes? Should have been 200 man, but whatever. <laughs> His bank account couldn't support it anyway, so um, not a problem. Yeah, I played at uh, at Monkey's last night. And I had a there's this guy that I, I've met like once before. And I don't know what his deal is, but this dude like vibrates with energy it's and it's like yeah it's not even like a good energy it's like a weird energy yep um but like i was talking to somebody and that was some friends that work at another bar that i used to play at and he like interrupts the conversation hey man uh you know i've got i've got a good uh, rapport with most musicians that i meet just because i ask the right questions and like <laughs> just like what's what's your favorite song to play i bet you no one's ever asked you that before i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, that I get asked that every single gig, and unless you want to hear something that I wrote, which I know that you don't, um, you're not. I don't have an answer for you. Like, I don't like playing any of the songs that I play. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> um, if I'm being totally honest with you, yeah. So, um, anyways, I didn't tell him that, but that's like what I wanted to say to him. Uh, and then, then he proceeds to tell me like he's like. What's your Venmo, bro? Let me pull. I'm gonna send you five bucks, man, because you're that good. I'm like, <laughs> wow, five whole dollars in this economy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm worth. He's like, I, I was like, there's a guy playing here last week that was really good too, and I tipped him five bucks and like, and you know, like you, I do that when musicians are really good, you know, and you're that good. <laughs> if you played a little better, I'd give you six so that you can get a large ice latte, but yeah. you're worth a medium, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're crushing the mediums. Uh, he's trying to tell me about all these people that he knows in Nashville. He's like, oh, I want to vomit already. Yeah, he's like, you know, like, he's like, if you write a good songs, I got a little, he's like, I don't, I don't write songs, but I got a, little, a lot of good ideas for songs, you know, and like, like my, my sister was dating, it was like, yeah, my sister was dating some guy who knew so-and-so, and like, you know, now we're friends, and I and I, I still t he's like showing me a text message with this person. I'm like, I like, dude, I don't like I was I was in the middle of a conversation, and I don't think that you're about anything. So oh, of course, not. leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, fun, obnoxious. At least he was nice and wasn't like pushy about like 
you know, trying to hear a song or like, but then he gets up like while I'm like while I'm playing and like walks up one of these people that likes to come up like right in your face while you're playing and just awkwardly dance and stare at you. Uh, you ever had that happen before? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. He's just like like I mean, pe- like peering into my <laughs> fucking gaze, okay, and, like doing these really like per- almost like like stripper type dances, and I'm just like, dude, your girlfriend's like right there, and also. It's it's it, it was very uncomfortable, bro. Very uncomfortable, and I'm like forgetting the words to the songs yeah, I'm you singing. Can't even keep a straight face <laughs> at this just point. Like, You're this just dying. Like, I'm like pretending to close my eyes, like I'm feeling it, just so I don't have to look at this dude. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, you stick to those principles, bud. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's totally. That's awesome. Uh, it reminds me, like that's since you brought told that the uh, the hundred dollar man guy. Also, he went live during the last bit of the last tune, and afterwards he was like, "Jesse, like, let me add you on Facebook. Big things are gonna be happening for you. I know celebrities. I just went live and all this and that. It was the, it literally. I mean, like, just same energy. Those guys could probably explode a room together. If they, they could be the same person very well. <laughs> um, just why? Just like, and I'm sitting there going, you know, celebrities, cool. They're Facebook friends with you. Yeah, they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> This bro is one celebrity away from being hacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you they're I bet you they're gonna they're gonna be really tuning into your Facebook live, dude. Yeah, dude. Charlie Parker just sent me a like. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. I love playing live. Anyways, um so we got Elon and Courtney from Koi Boy on the podcast this week. Talk about two amazingly phenomenal artist um elon is probably one of the best guitar players i've heard let me rephrase it uh because i know musicians don't like that but he as far as uh for what my taste is he is an i mean i love the way that he plays he it's and then courtney's got such an amazing range with her voice she can literally do anything and i think she's got like perfect sense of time mm-hmm. it's kind of insane mm-hmm. and the two of them together is it's a really unique sound uh they, they write really well together they perform really well together and the chemistry uh, is undeniable i mean and, and you'll see it on the show it w- we had so much fun with them yeah it's i mean i legitimately think it's some of the best music coming out of jacksonville some of my favorite at least it's hard to subjectively say any of that stuff but like it is just blending so many genres but still landing honestly at a pop place in the forefront like very easy to listen to music but it's so musical and just it's it's incredible what they're what they're doing so the, i mean the if you haven't checked them out they they're not they don't play a ton but they've got some festival stuff coming up they're dropping studio work and and live work it's highly worth your time to go check that out yeah definitely so um yeah as usual like share subscribe let everybody know what we're doing here at bottom of the bill and enjoy the episode guys thanks for tuning in this is bottom of the bill damn i'm really gonna have to put these headphones on you don't have to you should be a team player
Um, but Courtney, you will need to the bring microphone? the mic closer to your yeah. singers, I, man. I tell you, they you know, do it for like, I sung on a record. S- singers always are are the worst cul- culprits with this because for some reason, like you guys think that like you know how to use microphones, and then and singers just ignore the microphones. I know how it. to use a damn microphone. <laughs> you are you are, and like I say that you are phenomenal at it. Thank it's just you. funny how like sometimes like we've had other musicians in the past. They'll be like, no, you don't have to tell me how to use it, bro. We're good. And then like we we do it, and the mic's like not even on. We used to and, have one. Uh, <laughs> so I'm working on my new album over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Uh, Anyways, I'm. I want to real quick before we get to everything else. I want to like. What do you think that is with musicians that have that kind of ego thing? That like it tends to be something that happens later on. I think, but like there's a standoff offishness, if that's how you say it, that kind of happens, especially with like educated musicians. Hmm. Oh, that's such a. I don't know. I feel like that's a really hard. There's two kinds of people like that because you have the ones that are like they've. They they're just ultimately have always just kind of been in a bubble, so they've always been around just like really high level people. Yeah. And then when they see somebody that isn't, they're just like, "I'm here. Why aren't you here?" So I feel like that's probably like one thing is like. But then you also have other people that have maybe like not always been around high level people, but like have worked hard to get where they are at, and they're just I don't know. There's so much to it where it's just like I don't feel. I feel that some people just lack the basic social skills that prevent them from, like, coming off as, like, unpleasant people. Because right. a lot of them, there's a lot of people that I've met where I'm like, man, my first, like, interaction with them, I'm like, wow, they suck. But they're just they're just awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, as you start to get to know them, you're like, wow, this person is actually really, like, they're, they're good. They just, they're, because they've spent so much time practicing their instrument, they haven't spent time gathering their social skills. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I don't know, it's so hard. Because you have people that are, like, intentionally, like, really unpleasant but i feel like the majority of them aren't it's just kind of like some people are just you gotta i don't know i feel like i learned that a lot more after like living in sweden because everyone's awkward right and so it's like some people are just awkward and you just have to you have to like massage the awkwardness out of them or something <laughs> yeah i know yeah. what you mean i know massage what you mean it. yeah yeah totally because I guess that there is that like there are people that just like don't understand how to communicate. And, yeah, yeah. Like it can come off very brash or rude. <clears throat> I guess when they're not really trying to be. Yeah. Um. I guess it's hard to differentiate because there are musicians that have gotten like successful, mm-hmm. and you know that there's a certain level of social awareness that has to come with that. Yeah. So when they're standoffish with people or like they're rude about something, it makes it hard to like give them that benefit of the doubt because you're like, I know that you can, you must be a cool person to somebody yeah. because you're <laughs> successful, but you're also very good at your instrument and you kind of know it. And like, there's, that's okay to like, to know how good you are, to like know what your capabilities are. But there's also like a level of like, why are you being a dick right now? I think it's weird as fuck to like hold yourself to some like higher standard because you're really good at your instrument. Like, dude, we're all just fucking people. Like yeah. we bleed the same blood. Just be <laughs> I, cool, dude. Yeah, just be chill. Just be cool. Yeah. I do feel, cause a lot of those, the, the people that are assholes like that, I, I think a lot of it, they just, I don't know. I'm trying to like play like devil's advocate. And I like, feel you. But cause there are a lot of people that, that, I mean, we probably all know that like we think are huge assholes, but maybe they're just really dealing with like hard shit in their life. And that's why they're like that. Right. And then also, I feel like in in, like certain like cliques of I mean, I can only speak for Jacksonville's music scene because that's all I really know. But 
there's like certain clicks of, of like the music scene where like Courtney and I have discussed like why don't we fit in with them and it's like well it has nothing to do with like our musical talent like we're just we're weird in a different kind of way so yeah. it's like I feel like there's a lot for like different chunks of of the music scene or like the people that you play music with it's mm-hmm. like you have to interact a, in a particular kind of way right and it's like I don't know like if we're a bunch of hipsters that want to like make music we have to be passionate about a certain type of denim i don't fucking know anything about that <laughs> so that's like but a- I, I'm, I'm not trying to be not like facetious but i'm but you, you know what i mean where it's like you have to like relate with people on a certain thing when it's just like i don't care about any of these things yeah, yeah. totally that's a super important distinction to um to become aware of i think yeah. and i don't think that most people understand it at first because for a long time, I would get caught up in that, too, where it's like, well, you know, I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to be in with, like, the cool kids or whatever. And, like, you, so you, then you try to, like, you know, adapt this lifestyle or whatever to mm-hmm. try and, like, get people to come to shows and, like, whatever. You, or you alter the kind of music that you're writing and playing to mm-hmm. try and, like, appeal yeah. to these people. And at a certain point, I think the most successful people out there are themselves are themselves it's the authenticity that sells yes. every time and then also there's like this thing where you know they weren't always the ones hanging out till late and doing all the things and yeah. like being the cool kids in the social club yeah like they they were kind of on the auxiliary of the whole thing yeah they were working yeah you know and that's kind of the thing that i've gotten to now where i'm like <clears> i don't <throat> care so much about the social ramifications of not hanging out anymore the whole thing to me is like what's adding value to my life and ultimately to my art, right? And, and at the end of the day, it's like the people, whether you do all of that extra crap or not, it's like there's some people that we click with and some people that we don't. And no matter how much they do to try to like, all right, let me try to do all these cool things so I can seem like part of the crowd. If people don't like you, they're not going to like you. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's so you know? true. They end up sacrificing yeah. all this stuff and then dealing with this internal shit yeah. for like nothing. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like, like, I feel like even with like Koi Boy, as, as we've like started to like, I guess, figure our stuff out, which we still don't really even have figured out. <laughs> Like, expose us. yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's like this is I think when we first started, we were like, oh, this is this is we're going to try to make this like this or like that. But it's just like, honestly, we're going to do whatever feels good to us. Yeah. If people <clears> like <throat> it. Cool. If they don't, we made something. We're I mean, about. literally, when we when we wrote the EP, like when we wrote the first song, I, I think like ground rules were established. Like, we're just going to write this shit. Who gives a fuck if people like it or not? You know, like we're just making it for yeah. us. And honestly, I think that that type of authenticity is really like appealing to people, obviously, like we just said, you know, a hundred percent. And speaking of people that are doing it at a high level and uh, that aren't douchebags, I love the music that you guys are putting out. Oh, thank it's you. so good. It's written so well. Production choices, I think, are fantastic, like the arrangements and just like the little like Guitar is such a hard thing to figure multiple spaces out for, you know, if you want to be and the textures, creating textures with it, which I thought you executed so well. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and the way that you just seamlessly sing over everything, I mean, your range is just it seems 
uh, seamless is the only way to put it. Like your, you. your, your voice is amazing. Thank you. Um, so actually that was me singing all no, of it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> was Courtney at least playing guitar? Oh no. no. She's just, no. No, I'm literally not a part of the band in Elon's eyes. I am Koi Boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the running thing here lately. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, this episode's brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you. Or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD, uh, not to mention if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to bestbudscbdstore.com and start saving on all of your CBD and Delta A products. Enjoy, guys. So how did you guys get together? Well, what was the uh, inception of this whole thing? I don't even really know. I could tell it. Yeah. Okay, so I went through a pretty gnarly breakup, and the person I was playing with at the time, like I did basically all my gigs with him, and so I needed to <clears throat> branch out and find some other folks, and I remembered that Elon could play really well because I saw him play with um, Cat Hall. Oh, my God. That was a while yeah, ago. That yeah, it was a really long time ago. And um, also, little known fact, Elon and I have like known of each other and went to school with each other since we were like what? but we just never like actually interacted until like our 20s I yeah. Guess. yeah mm, wow um yeah. so yeah i just like asked him if he wanted to do some duo gigs like some cover stuff and we got together we arranged some covers and then eventually i presented a song idea to him and it just kind of like snowballed from there and then you guys started like recording right away or you were just kind of writing tunes and and gigging it, it honestly, there was like no, I feel like there was no vision until it was done, really. Because it was just kind of like, okay, cool. These are cool. All right. Well, this kind of sucks. Let's try to fix this. Yeah. Oh, and God. It's like, so much of that. There was like, it was like, <laughs> we, would, we would start with, a, like, we'd start with an idea. Like, okay, this is cool. And then it would just be like, like bickering just back and forth until like, <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, I like this, but I don't like this. Well, I put so much fucking work into this. Yeah, but I don't like it. And like, all right, it would just be just constant back and forth until we were like, yeah. oh, dang. Like we we had like the Pro Tool sessions of stuff and we're like, okay, cool. These feel like actual songs. So let's try to see if we can get actual people on them. Because most of the, the like at least drum stuff, I just program drums on it and program drums are, uh, what's the word? Ass? They're <laughs> yeah. ass, yeah. Um, they can yeah, be. They're they just so be. bad. Like I hate them. Um, so then we ended up, like once we had like five songs, I think, done we were like okay cool let's try to get some drums on it so we ended up getting ty sullivan to play mm -hmm. drums on all of them i think excuse me yeah yeah on all, on all of them. them um and then we did it at pine studio which with drew yeah Portolin. dude nice. he is the sweetest engineer ever like that dude is dope yeah um and so we just did that got alex hernandez to cut some saxophone on hold on me and some like flute stuff and then we just kind of were just sitting on the tracks like, okay, cool. And then at that point, Nikki Dawson had uh, told me about Brock, which you guys did. Uh, yeah, we did our EP with. with, yeah. And at that time, I think Brock was still living in Jacksonville. So we 
hit them up and we're like, hey, can you mix these? Yeah, this much money, cool. And then before you know it, we're like, oh, we have right. we have music. <laughs> yeah, and like honestly, our our writing style hasn't really changed too much since like the very first song I I sent to Elon. Like, I just sent him I think me playing guitar and singing, and he kind of like built a track and altered um, altered the song. Altered isn't like a, a great word that I want to use, but altered for lack of a better word. And um, yeah, and then and yeah. then we had Pretty Girls. Yeah, which that's like the only song I think on the like that EP, which like I'm listening back to, and that's one that I don't really like anymore, just because I had so many cheesy ideas that I feel like don't work. Um, <laughs> cheesy sells, bro. People yeah, they <laughs> do. But um, I don't know. The, the new we're we're currently sitting on like six songs that I feel are like worlds better than the yeah. ones that we had well you know um that's how it goes it yeah evolves, right I yeah mean, i'm so i want to go back a little bit because this is always another thing that i find interesting is that you mentioned the bickering back and forth and trying <laughs> to like you know come to an agreement on things yeah what do you think it is about the way you guys work together that makes you able to not get caught up in the bickering and uh, allow uh, allow each other to be that comfortable uh, to, to to express your opinions. I don't know. I feel like like we've become like pretty solid friends. Uh, I would even yeah. say like the relationship Courtney and I have like I would see like it feels very like brother sister. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot of love. Yeah. That's what I was gonna um, say. Okay, that's that's super important to yeah. have. Yeah. And was there like a point when you were first writing or gigging together that you noticed that that like that level of comfortability? And I, because it's it's so hard to reach that, and it's not always obvious when you're gauging how to communicate with somebody, what that level of comfortability is and how they're going to react. So it takes a certain amount of comfortability to be able to communicate like that. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it probably, like over the last few years, I feel like we've both had our like rough patches in like personal life. Yeah. Where it's just like, like maybe we've like gone to each other to seek like some sort of comfort. So mm. it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's been plenty of times where like I've been there to like listen to Courtney for whatever she's going through or like she's been there for me like probably right over a, a year ago like my brother passed away so that's like been really difficult oh, and so um, I don't know. I feel like she's been like a good friend through all of that and I do feel that part of that probably I mean it's like we can talk about really really difficult shit mm -hmm. and be there for each other that it's like talking about music being like oh I don't like the way you sung this it's like not that big of a deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like right. you know. Right. Um, so I don't know. I feel did I put that? Yeah, okay. per literally perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, he's had to see me act like an ass too, like multiple times. By that I mean I had a little bit <clears throat> of a struggle with alcohol uh, not too long ago. So I mean I, I've had to hear some hard truths from him about that too. You know, mm. we've just had to experience. Uh, some hard shit together. I think ultimately that just, yeah. I mean, you put it perfectly. Yeah. So we've, like, I don't know. The musical communication is like, eh, yeah, because it's like, it's like, yeah. oh, like dead people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Music, right. like, right. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't feel hard. We're able you know? to kind of put it aside yeah. for for each other. You know. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's also like a level <laughs> of, I mean, certainly a, like a, a trust. Yeah. In your abilities individually. To execute, so there's not when you're when you're pointing something out, it's not a question of your ability as much as, as it is like, I don't like what you're doing here. Let's More of like a preference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I don't know. I I feel like there's also a thing where it's like like we also hold each other each other accountable. So like, 
for example, like, I think I, we played... I'm sorry, real quick. Can you a little closer to the mic? <laughs> sorry, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, um, we um, were playing this gig at 1937, and I feel like the, the thing that Courtney's, like, super particular about when you play with her is, like, that tempo, like, that time has to be there. Yeah. And whenever it's not there, she's like, yo, get that shit together. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? So I, I feel like... I don't know. And then sometimes I like to like throw her through a loop and I'm like, oh, we're going to we're going to modulate now. And she's like, no, I'm like, no, I'm going to modulate. You're going to follow. So um, I think we just we try to like continually push each other, I think, and try not to get like lazy because on cover kicks, you can you can just be like, nobody's listening anyway. I'm just not going to give a fuck. But it's like, but we're playing music. Even if we're playing to like nobody or just an ungrateful piece of shit person that's just like can you all play Skinnerd? it's like no we're gonna sit i mean we did play Skinnerd one time <laughs> <laughs> um but for a dollar i might yeah <laughs> but it's kind of like we're we're i don't know man like we're as you guys all know we're like super grateful to like be able to mm-hmm. have careers in music and even the fact that like like we live in jacksonville it's like i mean you so many people can make a living here playing music and you don't really even have to play it that high of a level. Which like I, mean, I would argue that you don't, yeah. Yeah, you don't have dude. to play at a high level at all. Because like there's so many other places no. where it's like, dude, like all of us somewhere else, we wouldn't be working. Like, or just be a dime a dozen type thing. You know what I mean? It's I, like the 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 level of like the qualification isn't necessarily like the level that you're playing at. Yeah. It's like the professionalism yeah. and everything else that comes with it because the talent is a given. Yeah. You either have it or you're not working. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And we wouldn't be making like 50 bucks like yeah. playing three hour gigs. Totally. You know? So totally. we wouldn't. Nice. That's not sustainable. <laughs> like to, I could uh, never, ever, ever see myself moving to Nashville and singing on Broadway. Same. It's it's no, also no, 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 no. it's also like the ultimate like cover grind too, right? It is right. Yeah. Which if that's your grind and that's your hustle, I respect it. I it's mean, just for me, oof, that sounds like so much. But that yeah, totally. That I know that like like financially it really sucks, but that also like makes people like going through that for like a year. Like I, I got a buddy that's out there right now, and he's like, dude, in like six months, he's like. I've never been able to memorize so many songs in my life and like get such a good ear. Like I could not know the song. Someone will sing me the line and I get it like that. And it's just like, that's kind of the reason I feel like why you would do the Broadway thing. Cause that's, if you don't have that, like that'll make you get it together, you know? For sure. Um, For sure. But it's definitely not worth the money. Yeah. Yeah, Because a lot of it's like, you're playing for tips or like the door. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing if you're playing for the door in like New York or LA where there's just so many people at any given time that like a door deal is actually okay Mm -hmm. but like nashville because especially on broadway when there's like all this stuff happening at the same time that you uh, you can walk into to a bar with a killing band and you're the only people in there and that's like their third gig of the day Mm yeah they've been working for tips and not only are they crushing the music but they're at such a high level of like performance yeah like they're entertaining on a level that like because just playing isn't good enough like they gotta get those tips by putting on a performance exactly so there's all those chops that i guess you can work out there for sure and that's a grind that you want that nashville is like no better place to learn all those things yeah but like you know for and it's also great for songwriting i mean there's nashville's got a lot of infrastructure to like to get you out of there but like you know for you know if you want to put together like a pop project or something and become like, I don't know, working in a studio with, uh, you know, and, and touring at a pop level mm-hmm. without that grind, like L.A. and New York are to me the places like that, that kind of stuff really yeah. happens, you know. 
and the, the the players there are equally as good as they are yeah. in Nashville. You're just not seeing them on every in every bar. You know? Yeah, that Nashville grind to me is just like a whole other world. I'm assuming y'all have like seen shows on Broadway in Nashville. Yeah. I've never gone to Nashville, but I've seen <laughs> stuff in L.A. and New York. Um, okay, but Nashville, I've just heard about. You know. Have you been? Yeah, yeah, you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like I, I saw this girl. Get off the stage. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me preface this story. This girl, I met her the night before. She invited me to her show at like eleven o'clock in the morning at a bar on Broadway. Nice. And I went. But she was from Canada. So, anyways, I get to the bar and she's singing and then ends up getting off stage. Someone someone sings in her place. And she's like, if you put twenty dollars in my jar, I'll sing your request first. I'm like, first of all, where did the southern accent come from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, this I would never want to do. Like, oh, uh, how, how, oh, uh, I don't know. Not I, for me. That shit is so real, dude. I <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm still in contact with him a little bit, but this dude that I that I uh, used to play with in South Florida, like, lives in Nashville now, and he played like he's got a southern rock band or whatever and mm-hmm. he was doing like kind of bro country for a while and one of the songs i i heard him put out and it was like um uh he was talking about like life on the open range and <laughs> puts on this huge like heavy southern draw i'm like dude you're from west palm beach <laughs> <laughs> like we played in a band together like yeah. i that southern accent is not real much less do you know anything about being on the open range what's the, yeah, dude. What's the australian country singer oh keith urban yeah i mean he's more like a rock guy though yeah. i feel like you know he, they definitely market little, him as that country keith stuff. Urban he's, a little, he's, a twangy. Yeah. he's a little twangy yeah um yeah but that's that's what sells yeah, bro that's that's it's, it's like the it's just it's it's all acting at that level i guess they got <sighs> plugins for that now ai voice plugins that'll just make you sound southern really that's incorrect google it do they really yeah i thought you were doing a bit right there i <laughs> am like, okay yeah thank you <laughs> but it's believable it's bro so yeah. believable, it's it's pretty close i mean in 10 years you know what i mean you want to sound like you know, a Norwegian or something, just load up your plug-in and just... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, called, it's a cultural appropriation plug-in. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that could get Dude, real dark real quick. Whoever is going to make a go. lot of money. Let's go. It's already on the dark web. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, That's what we talk about on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, how to get canceled in three, two, <laughs> just, just come on bottom of the bill and right, bring it out of you now. <laughs> yeah. I, <I'm laughs> I already killed Jeremy Prince. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Oh no! No, <laughs> I should go see our episode anyway. Okay. Yeah, so you guys are working on stuff now. Mm-hmm. What uh, you you say you have about six songs that you're sitting on at the moment? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. And are they are they recorded yet, or you've just written they're, them? The demos are yeah, yeah. they're demoed. Um, so we're gonna record drums. When are we recording? Is it next weekend for them? Do we even decide? I hope so. We're recording drums very soon. Okay, like next weekend. We're recording cool. drums on them on Saturday. If you want to come sit in with us, if you want to come watch us, yeah, record drums here. No. Oh. I'm kidding. Oh, I was um, like, <laughs> I'll come. I'll come sit in if it's like next door. No, I'm yeah. totally kidding. <laughs> We can do that, uh, and then, depending, I don't know, like, the way that we did the last album was, the only thing that we actually went to a studio for was drums. Everything else was done at home. Yeah. Um, 
So I went back into the closet to record my vocal. Yeah. We literally like 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 Courtney's <laughs> Courtney's house is like carpet. And so we just stuffed like a road NT1A in a closet. Nah, and she has a bunch of like clothes, so it mm-hmm. just kinda deadened the sound out a bit. And I brought like remember those those panels we made and Oh yeah. I only I kept them. I haven't yeah. made anymore. <laughs> and then we just kinda angled them around to try to deaden out the sound of the room enough and Dude, the, the thing is with I want to really. I want to buy like a. What's the the cheaper Neumann? Is it the TLM one hundred and three? I think so. Yeah. Um. I really want to try to see if I can get my hands on one before we record the next batch. But the I was so happy with the way that the vocals ended up coming out on this one because it was like, dude, it was a Broad NT one A. But the magic behind it, I got a the LA six ten. Yeah. Uh, like preamp. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is it literally took head. like yeah I don't I don't know as much about it took gear like either. A bullshit microphone. Engineers are talking. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. You get a decent mic and a decent preamp, and all of a sudden you got like a good source, Gosh. and you give a good source to an engineer, and they yeah. can turn it into magic. Yeah, I mean like you get at least kind of an entry level thing, like not entry level, but like you get a decent setup yeah. like that. You're cooking. Yeah, dude. So I don't know. It, we were so happy with how like the last one came out. I mean, there were obviously things that could be done better, as always. But yeah. it was... It was our first. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I, mean, I'd love to, like, record the whole new record, like, in a studio. But, like, well, I don't got that costs, kind of money. <laughs> so who's got the money for money. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the last one, we were like, okay, cool. The only thing that really is important that we record in a studio is drums and then, like, horn. Um, everything else we can do by ourselves. Yeah. So that'll probably end up being the full process of this next one. Unless I suddenly come across thousands of dollars. Yeah, unless you go to Nashville and get that. If anyone's money. listening to this and <laughs> yeah. wants to give a, give us, do you guys have rich people watching this? Uh, uh, I can send it to a couple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please, rich people, if we could borrow like please, three grand, please help we, us. That's all we need. This is the this is like the hardest part about existing in a city like Jacksonville to play music <clears> is that there's no funding these projects you but know? the money's here man like, there's 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 yeah. money here it's just a matter of like okay like in new york la nashville these are the mm. three industry cities mm-hmm. okay and like top in the world okay now people that have millions hundreds of millions billions of dollars open up their front doors every day yeah and they see billboards for new breakout artists new television shows that aren't even being announced anywhere yet Entertainment is a viable source of investment yeah. for them. Like, not only is it viable, it's the only investment really for them in those areas. Mm-hmm. So, when a project is pitched to them and there's all this infrastructure to create the things necessary to, actually, to even pitch the product, yeah. then it's like it makes it much easier. And then, musicians and artists in general are like can can utilize these things and become much more savvy on how to raise the funds to do things. Yeah. Whereas in cities like this, yes, there are people with money here, but no one's looking at entertainment as a source of investment. They're only going to pay for like music if it's a for their private event. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you, and you got to play the hits. Yeah. Don't try and do any of your own shit. No. Like no. Yeah, that's that's where No, girl, I sing shut up and dance with me. Yeah. Every damn weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like same shit. Yeah. You know, the times that I've played Don't Stop Believing, I oh, would yeah. break my guitar in half. Yeah. <laughs> um, the corporate grind. Yeah, would, that's would, actually really fun, though. Like, let's not, let me not shit on that. Oh, I, actually, no. I actually have fun doing that. The cover gig thing is dope when you're with the right group of people. That's yes. the thing. Yeah. That's in the, the thing. Venue, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're with a great band, you know, you can get away with a lot. You know, even 
if the venue and the clientele is not perfect, you know. But then when they have those ones where you just get pieced together and you have like five people that don't know each other and like only half of them know the music, you're just like, oh yeah, Oof. some of them can oh be really difficult. Yeah. They're not all great. No, <laughs> let me don't say that. Yeah, there's there's always going to be an aspect of of a job that you're doing that you can find the fun in, right? Like yeah. we're musicians. We're at the end of the day, if we're playing music and we're doing it at a, at a level that's like comfortable for us, then that then we can find the happiness in the moment, right? But like the fulfillment is really what's important. Like, Certainly. do you feel at the end of those gigs like you've really accomplished something, or is it just like, yeah, my friends and I just hung out and got paid to do it, but like. Which is still better than a lot of people working like normal. Because the thing is, is for us, like anybody in life, like no one is going to 100% do exactly what they want because life just doesn't work like that. Totally. Um, Don't we wish. But <laughs> I mean, just the fact, okay, like for us, like the cover gig thing is like the equivalent of like the office job. But still, it's like we get to play music. Like I that's disagree. so much. I mean, it's, it's not. I disagree. Okay, we can still have fun in it, but it's like, it's just, I don't know, for me. Unless I'm playing with, like, a band that I really, really like, it's just like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to play my best, but I'm here to get the check. Totally. So, you, totally. You, you yeah. disagree, Courtney? Yeah. No, it's, uh, to me, I don't feel like, I don't know. Obviously, some gigs that you do are going to be fucking hard. But I have learned so much on cover gigs, whether it be duo or with a band, like, I have learned so much musically. Oh, I mean, we like, Koi Boy would not sound like the way it sounds if we didn't do cover gigs. Yeah, Like, no. they've attributed so much to I our, owe so yeah, yeah. much to oh, cover sure. gigs. I can't shit yeah, on them yeah. that bad. I feel you. It's, yeah. not even, it's not even shitting on them, though. It's like, it's just calling it what it is. Like, you, it's it, it can still be a job and, like, a good job. Like, and there's... Every, there's like this kind of negative connotation of like, oh, it's my day job. Like playing cover gigs is like my, you know, my way to make Dude, income. So many people wish they had our jobs. Totally. <laughs> you know? It's, like, it's, really like, it's like a good yeah. job. And like yeah. you said, it's hard at sometimes, but yeah. it is yeah. still like a job. Like the fun part is like the Koi Boys and like the yeah. original I, music. And like that's that's definitely not a job. That's like passion. But like, yeah, no, certainly. Agreed. Showing up to work, you can still have a good, you know, good time at work. But I, I don't know. I definitely think it is work. You're showing up and like you learn things at work. You do things, you yeah. know. I think sure. where where I'm like what I meant was like how Anton was asking about the whole fulfillment thing. Like you don't get that type of fulfillment playing a cover gig. I, I don't, don't know. I sometimes do. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Everyone's I different yes. though. No, but that's, totally. Yes. I mean, honestly, sometimes that's dope though. Like, yeah. Because like you know, it depends on the cover gig. Like some of them, yeah. And like you almost always learn something, whether it's like a good experience or a bad experience. But like as far as fulfillment goes, like yeah, sometimes you find it. Sometimes you're like, ah, I'm ready to get home. Oh, this is how know? I'm gonna put it. Would how would it how does it the, the way that you feel in terms of happiness when you're playing an original show versus a, a cover gig one? Bro, we wrote that music. We put our fucking blood, sweat, and tears in exactly. That shit. Of there's there's, there's an extra kind of like warmness inside that you get that you just don't get when you you see what I mean? Certainly, yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> but that being said, like you know, like Billy, my uh, the guy, uh, I, I you know played uh, he played keys with me for you know seven years or whatever mm -hmm. um he never lost that that lust for the cover gigs either like for him like he just enjoyed performing it didn't matter i mean of, of course like you're saying if you're doing the thing that you write and that's there's like there's never going to be anything that quite matches that but at the end of the mm -hmm. day if you love performing in front of people then those gigs can be can be something for like you know equally as fulfilling i guess yeah for me um, I don't love performing. 
I don't right. love performing either. I was just about to say that actually. Really? No. So you just like you just like playing music. I like singing and playing music with other cool people. That's what I like to do. Yeah. I'm doing it for me and my band. Yeah. You know. That's what's up. I love that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I feel like what is it about performing do you not love? And this is a question for both of you. Do you feel that you love performing or is it more about just playing music that, that you love? <clears throat> uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? No, I'll go first. I'm, okay. yeah. I'm still going to think about it. I mean, yeah. I'm like highly anxious, like highly, highly anxious. And I feel like um, to honestly perform at like any capacity for anybody to me is like, you know, there's an expectation to like, put on a show or whatever there is and like that especially just, as a vocalist yeah and yeah. that just like i don't like that like i literally just want to like be and and create music exactly like that's really all i want to do mm. and like as much as i appreciate you know the audience being there obviously because like we wouldn't be fucking doing it if the audience wasn't there you know mm -hmm. um yeah i don't like i just i still at the end of the day i'm still i'm, I'm singing for me and for my band. I totally connect with that 100%. Yeah. What about you, Elon? Um, I enjoy it when when I enjoy playing uh, like performing, I guess, mm. when people uh show some sort of appreciation for it. Yeah. But when it's like a very transactional thing where it's like, "All right, I'm paying you 500 bucks, like play me this like like and you you feel, I don't know, especially in a lot of like the like the, the the like private corporate events, you feel that there's this weird like, like this disconnect, this line between yeah. it's like these are the guests, these are the musicians. We don't care. We we're not. I mean, you don't have to sit here and like coddle me or whatever. But it's just like just treat me with the basic respect. Like if I'm trying to if I'm if I like yesterday I played a private event where I like was trying to walk through and I was like excuse me and the guy just didn't move and I'm like dude, come on. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just trying to walk through. Like there's this. There's this weird treatment that you get that's just like, like, I don't know. You so want it I to say, feel organic. Yeah, yeah I, I just, like, here, I'm here to do a job. I hope you're having a great time at your event, whatever. But, like, just treat me with some basic respect. There's only one walkway. Could you please move <sighs> if I say excuse me? It's stupid stuff like that. So that's what kills me about, like, when I'm performing for people that, that just don't care. It's so, like, it's like, like, you guys hired us to be here, yet you seem like you don't even want us to be here. So it's like... I'm here for the money, but like you're kind of wasting your money just no hiring shit. a band that you don't even want in the first place. It's the uh, the plight of a of a court jester. I feel yeah, like yeah, exactly. Right. Not the court jester. I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, oh. yeah. It's like you feel yeah. like you're just something for people to like. I don't know. Well, there's, there's something. Is the word violating? <laughs> okay. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. You know, they think they can buy. I mean, they 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 really do think they've bought you for at yeah. least that time. Like it, it sucks. I'm not a fan of that. But yeah. then when you play to people and it's just like it's like you're like, dude, like me doing this thing right here. Like these people are enjoying it and having the greatest time of their lives. Or and like the the I'm also connecting really well with the band and those are the moments where it's just like, wow, yeah. like I really love doing this. Yeah. But then when you're just like, all right, I'm just here for, I'm just here to like be a trophy for people to show at their yeah. wedding like look i had a band like yeah <laughs> i hate that so. yeah there and there is like i do think that they do buy your services yeah. right so like there's a level of you know employee employer kind of thing happening here mm -hmm. which is totally okay and understandable mm -hmm. um but it doesn't negate the fact that we're all human beings right and that i'm 
I should still be regarded with some de- like basic human decency. Yeah. Right, like, certainly. Don't like don't write me off as just an afterthought, right? Don't don't certainly do not cross the boundaries, yeah. especially with my gear. Please mm. don't come and touch my Gosh, shit. The, the amount of like old guys are like, yeah, I played guitar in my southern rock band in the 70s. Can uh, I come up and play your <laughs> Telecaster? Oh, and like, every one of them Gosh. has a story about the Skinnerd guys back in the day. Dude, the funniest thing there was, I played like two weeks ago, and there was this dude that had like, he had his keychain and it had a little leather pick case. He said, can I play guitar? I said, I don't know you. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. yeah. It was so interesting it's uncomfortable man it's like yeah. if you were a real musician you wouldn't have approached me and asked me that question um and if i want you to come up and play i will make it known i will invite you yeah like that's what it is and like there's like this like, like yesterday i had a thing where it really kind of reaffirmed you know a lot of the stuff that that happens like you're talking about like just the disrespect and just like the not or not even full disrespect just a lack of appreciation really mm-hmm. more than anything where it's like okay uh tuesday we have like we're i'm here at the studio doing this live video album whatever mm-hmm. and like there's we have production team mm-hmm. like we're working on original music we're, like we're, we're we're talking about things everyone's got a role in a place and like we're all making this artistic thing happen right mm-hmm. And then the next day I'm at a cover gig and I have uh, somebody after I play one of the songs I just recorded, walk up to me and I thought like a tip was coming and it was like, hey, man, um, I know you're paid to be here and everything. But can you just turn the volume down? Because like we can't even have a, like we can't hear anything over here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you sat in front of me. I was already performing. When, <laughs> and it's like I'm not even being loud. That, Honestly, I feel, I feel like. That's like being a service worker, like yeah, any yeah. type of service. Like you're just fucked. Like they're just going to treat you like shit sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I used to get really and admittedly, sometimes I do still get really, really pissed when people do shit like that. But then I realize, like they're probably this mm, is the only place in their life where they have control. Where it's like, wow, for the first time in my life, I can tell someone what to do. That makes me feel like, like they just, it just, they just don't like, it just doesn't matter. Period. Like it just, it just does not matter at all. It just doesn't like as annoying as it fucking is. Ultimately, we're still going to go on with our lives and do the next fucking gig. And it's going to happen again. Totally. (laughs) Just fuck it. Just like those, those mo like, it's just, it's like the ultimate like humility check, I guess you're just like one minute. Like we're we're like this is all happening and we're doing this amazing thing and the next minute you just realize like I'm uh, a cockroach in the fucking grand scheme of it all. Like anybody that has any kind of a real job is gonna assume that they know more and have more power than I do in any given situation. Which is really weird. But it's so crazy. Where where does the nerve come from? It's, At the end of the day, I it's want like, some of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> While me, we may not have like more power financially, it's like, dude, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of us do. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, okay, well, like compared to some dude hanging out at a bar that works his salary job or whatever. Yeah. But like we're happy. Like the, for them, like they have to go out and get hammered to like find happiness in their life. Right. And it's like yeah. we get happy. We get paid to be happy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's <laughs> like, a good way of looking at it. You know, for yeah. sure. So, speaking of like you know, feeling fulfilled and doing cool shit, you guys have individually done like a lot of cool things. I want to talk about uh, the stuff you did with Postmodern Jukebox um, first because uh, I went back and was just kind of you know looking 
or listening to the video. I love the version of black that you guys did. Thank you. Um, it's like this 12-8 kind of mm. feel that I just, it's a total reimagination of the song. Mm -hmm. And it's just so perfectly executed. Can you talk about a little bit how that whole thing came to be and especially that arrangement of that song? I'm super curious about that. Yeah, certainly. Um, honestly, glad to relive it because it was fucking, it was amazing. Yeah. So um, they have this like talent search that they do. I don't think they've done it since uh, COVID, but it's like PMJ talent, talent search. My friend had told me about it. I was already aware of Postmodern Jukebox from like their viral videos that came out in 2015, but I hadn't really been like actively following them. So a friend of mine let me know about the competition. I was like, hell yeah, I would love to sing with Scott Bradley. So I submitted my video. Um, I submitted a version of uh, Lizzo's Truth Hurts, like a, like an arrangement that me and my buddy Eric Charlton did. Mm -hmm. And um, I was unaware that the rules stated that I had to sing to one of the karaoke tracks that they put out. Oh, so I got a little message from one of their like producers, for lack of a better word. And she was like, hey, can you just release a video of you singing to one of the karaoke tracks? Maybe I shouldn't be spilling that, honestly. Oh, <laughs> getting all the, all the dirty deets. <laughs> Cut that but, part out. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. But anyways, um, so I did, and they really liked it. And then um, he, like, announced the winner live, and I saw it, and I was, like, so stoked on it. Like, it was such a great moment. But anyways, um, I won. They emailed me. They invited me out. Uh, and I filmed in this, like, really cool mansion in LA. It was the first time I've ever been in a house that was that big. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so Scott and I actually had met up before in Nashville to kind of discuss what songs we wanted to do. And I had brought Black to the table because I love Pearl Jam. Like I love 90s grunge. Um, and we just kind of plinked around on the piano and came up with something nice. And then when I, when I went to LA, he had it all arranged and he had strings there and it was just crazy. Like hearing it for the first time, I like cried. It was just so gorgeous. It's it really is. I mean, it's 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 so unassuming. You mean, like you don't really know it's the song mm -mm. until like the chorus, and even then, you're like, is that is that Pearl Jam? Right. <laughs> and the lyric is beautiful. It really is. Yeah. yeah. It's like you just I, I this has happened a couple of times with the Pearl Jam specifically, where I've heard different arrangements of their songs. And was really able to focus in on the lyrics. And I was like, oh, they're saying some amazing things here. And you just, because of the way the music is, I, I love that stuff. But you're just not, it's just not so present. And I think that you did a great job of making, I mean, it's hard to say. Everything was just so well done. that Like everything shined, you know, like everything felt like it was really supporting everything. Thank but, you. But yeah, the, I agree. The words really stuck out and your, I mean, your vocals. Um, were you guys doing that to a click? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> That's just like your, your internal timing is just, it's, it's almost like alien like. <laughs> It is. It's like, I've, I've said the sim a similar thing too <laughs> when playing with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think I should be like a drummer, honestly. I, I feel like that's that's the that's to me is like the the characteristic of like a vocalist versus like a musician. Because when you have a vocalist, I feel like vocalists are so the good vocalists are so particular on like the time, like the tempo and the yeah, the man. fact that it needs to be consistent is like I don't know. I feel like I've seen that with Courtney, with Nikki. Um, there's this, uh, chick that I played with, uh, on, uh, when I did like a cruise ship gig 
and she sings BGVs for the Zach Brown band. Same thing. Her time is like, I feel like every really good vocalist, time is like there. It's there. I've always yeah. been into like, like I know I said I, sh- I should be a drummer, but like I really always have been into, like when I'm listening to a song, I feel like most of the time I'm, I'm listening to, to what the drums are doing. Yeah. Like really in another life. Honestly, in this life, shit, yeah, maybe I'll pick up drums. Why not? Yeah. Say, yeah. Little quest yeah. Love kit and just hash it out. I'll play drums on the next Koi Boy song. Yeah, just replace <laughs> Elon's ass drum samples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there probably would be better. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a... Okay, so I'm, I'm just... I'm really curious about this whole experience. Yeah, so, yeah. So did you... Did you... This is all arranged before you got there, so this is... Um, What's his name? Scott Bradley. Scott Bradley, right. <laughs> so he did, he does does this arrangement. Did you work with him at, on it at all? So the really all I did was sit down with him at a, at a piano. I have literally no knowledge on how to arrange a song. Like I don't I don't even know what key I'm fucking singing in half the time like Oh, you're one of those things. I'm one of those. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those. Um but I mean, we just kind of like felt it out. Like he he would play a little vibe with the song and I would sing with it and he would be like, does that work? And I'd be like, not really. And then we'd switch it up. And then eventually we, we, we fell on that idea for black. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then it was arranged by the time I arrived. Yeah. And how many takes did you guys do the performance? Seven. Seven takes. Of each song. How many, wait, how many songs did you guys do? Just two. Just the two songs. Okay. So it's 14 takes. And did you, you, did you, 14 full takes or was it like like punching in any anywhere no it like? was seven live takes like back to back wow. it was split between two i think it was split between two nights i can't remember but yeah yeah it had to be that would be crazy for me to sing that many takes in, in one night but yeah uh yeah tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so was this all the, the performances that we hear Mm-hmm. Were those like pieced together at all, or the, or like no. you know, in post? Th- these that are just... was the seventh take live. Oh, I said, "This is the one I want." Wow. I didn't even get to hear it before it got released. So I was just like, "Well, <laughs> from what I remember, that sounded good." So wow, wild, yeah, That's so cool. And I mean, obviously, it was like mixed and mastered by this guy, this really sweet guy named Ty. But yeah, no, other than that, it was like completely it was live. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so, did you any any opportunities come after this uh, performance? I mean, like I toured with, the, I did a couple tour dates with them. I love them. I I've I've loved every performance I've done with them. I think their show, their live, like their tours, are a little different than what I want to do musically, just because they have people that like can dance and are are performers, like we just talked about. Right. Okay. And that's cool as fuck. I would love to sit and watch it, but I, I don't think that's that's my bag. But if they ever want me to come sing for them again, I'll be there in a second. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a guest on their shows. Absolutely. Yeah. So you just kind <laughs> of decided that you didn't want to pursue that side of it in that capacity anyways. Yeah. Okay. It's so cool. It's just not not for me. I feel you. And then since then, you've just been you've been back here just doing just working with Koi Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think that that's like a relationship that you want to like kind of tug the strings on when you guys have like a product that you feel comfortable to uh, to to promote at that level? Honestly, no. I, I, I don't 
I can't I, even think of how that would benefit us. I love I love Scott Bradley and I appreciate everything he's done for me and I appreciate everything that like Postmodern Jukebox has done for me. But ultimately, I think like those things are like so, so, so separate. Like our project and, and what they're doing and their connections are just so... Different. So, so different. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. I would assume like if we went down that lane, like our music would take a turn that maybe we wouldn't want it to. Cause it's like that's there's. I mean, I don't even think there's there would really be any opportunity yeah, in, that, in that lane. Yeah. Period. It's but like I would say it's like it'd be like going to like I don't know as a indie rock project to like a metal promoter and being like, hey, get me on some shows. Well, I mean, you know, people have connections. Yeah. You know? I just I don't know if Scott Bradley is our our connect. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense, and that's yeah. important to like know. To understand like those differences too, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people might just think, well, you know, I know a famous person. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it's like understanding like where, like what lane you're in versus what lane they're in. Yeah. You know, I think that's an important thing. I mean, especially when you're trying to market yourself and like sell your product, you know, like you, knowing what avenue to take is super important. So that's yeah. good, good that you know that now, you know? Yeah, certainly. And I, I'm sure I could text Scott Bradley about anything, but. I probably won't send him my EP or anything. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, And Alon, you've been back from Sweden for a little while, but you were there for a minute, right? For like half a year. For like half a year. Mm -hmm. And you got, you moved there after doing like a cruise ship gig? So I moved there after, I moved there because I had met my wife and then we got married and then I have like a uh, European citizenship because my dad was born in France. Okay. And so we were like, dang, where can we both live and like exist together without having any sort of annoying immigration stuff. And it was like, oh, since I have a European passport, we could live in Europe because she's in Sweden. And Sweden's part of the EU. So, yeah, I lived there. It was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. What was the scene like for you? I couldn't get in it. I tried really hard. I I don't know what it was, but I, after mm. having been there for like six months, pretty much, it was like the reason I ended up coming back was because my brother had passed. But the in trying... And being there, I was like, all right, cool. Well, like, I only really know the Jacksonville music scene, so let me just do what I think I would do here. Just go to all the jams. Bro, talk about some of the, like, the the most, like, the, they had all they have, like, three or four blues jams that happen in, like, downtown Stockholm. So there's one that was at a spot called Engelin, which is, like, Angel in Swedish. There's another one called Santa Clara, which is, like, th- they're cool bars because they're, like, underground. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but cool. they're very, very cool, but it's, like, Dude, some of the most like vanilla blues ever. Like they're playing it, they're playing, they're not playing mm. like BB King type, like Albert mean. King type blues. <laughs> they're playing like they're they're at least the majority of, of the stuff that I went, they were like their picture of blues was like the boogie woogie blues. Yeah. And it which is cool, but when you go to a blues jam, you go to a blues jam. Blues is like from here to here. And it yeah. was like they and oh dude, it was so I don't I don't I don't Especially since we're on a podcast, I don't want to be the one to like say this, but I I really I really <laughs> feel I was like I was like, yeah. dude, I'm like the only like not white person here, and I'm like I cannot help but gather the fact that it's just like, dude, I would I after going to these blues jams for like two or three months, where it's like, okay, like I I seeing the way that other people are playing, like I would consider myself like pretty comparable, if not better, to not sound like cocky or anything. But I'm like, dude, these motherfuckers are making me wait three hours to go play with, like, people that can't play. And it's just, dude, I tried that avenue. So, like, I was like, all right, the blues scene is not a way to go. My wife, she's a professional violinist out there. So, like, she's connected into the Swedish music scene. 
classical music, which is really different, but still, like, sometimes you rub shoulders with others. And she had she had hooked me up with, like, several of, like, um, not friends, because they're not friends, but, like, acquaintances or people were like, oh, yeah, we could totally help you. Dude, the amount of times that I reached out to people and was just, like, ignored in text messages. Like, I've never <sighs> felt so... Um, what's it called? Just, like... Like uh, an outsider? Yeah. Mm, like, alienated? Like, yeah, like, I was just very, like... Like, I'm just out here trying to figure it out like everybody else. And I was just like, and the the worst, I remember, this is probably like the, the, the part where for me it was just like kind of done. I had gone to the, one of the blues jams and, and went to like after, you know, playing, uh, the blues jam was over and I was like talking to with a group of Swedish dudes. And at a certain point, like, dude just like turns his back to me and then they all switch back to Swedish. And I'm like, gosh, damn. And Swedish people like, they speak English just as well as us, if not better. Yeah. Like, I would arguably say they speak better English than most Americans. It was, I don't know, it was so weird, man. I hope to go back there at some point and do something just to kind of be like, hey, look, I couldn't get in here. Like, look what I've done. Yeah. Um, but it's, musically, it was the most... Um, One day, Koi Boy is going to tour and we're oh, going to go to for Sweden. Sure. Yeah. And we're going to go yeah. to all those bars and, and say, ha ha. Yeah, it, it, really, it was really, like, weird and definitely, like, I feel like I'm still like trying it it really messed with my self-esteem yeah and i feel like i'm like working on trying to get over that because it's like i by no means think i'm like a great musician but i feel like all right i'm pretty okay like what i do like i'm obviously decent enough to work doing it but i'm like damn dude like i can only imagine uh, yeah. yeah it was i was super happy to be there with my wife and the country is a very beautiful country public transportation is the best i've ever seen in the world the food is great. The coffee is great. Based off of my experience with Swedish people, I did not like the majority of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe I just had bad luck and I just couldn't find good people. Well, um, I mean, so. being in a different country, I feel like it can be an adjustment period. Oh, it is, Certainly. Man. And, like, there's a lot of things. The Even though they speak English, there's still, like, a language thing that happens because you don't speak the native language. That, that but also, dude, they're so socially, they're so interesting they're very very different like i don't know if you were swedish this whole podcast would be so awkward <laughs> we'd be like uh um yeah so how's your how's the weather like it's so gosh dude yeah but once again i'm only speaking from my experience right. like maybe there's just like there's bad and good people all over the world there's bad and good people in sweden i think i just had bad luck and met a lot of the bad people so so when you say that you'd like to go back there at some point and like with with a product or something, is there an infrastructure there for it to be like a musician that's that's comparable to what's existing in the states here? So there is, but it's not like funded by like for us, a lot of the work that we do is by like, you know, people's businesses or by uh, like private companies that need bands for stuff like a lot of because we live in a capitalist country, a lot of the stuff is done by private, private companies. Yeah. In Sweden, um, everything is paid for by the government because mm -hmm. it's a socialist country. So, like, there is a set budget at the end of whatever... I don't even actually know how it works, but there's money for musicians. So, like, basically, like, if I want to put together a project, like, I want to make some sort of strange noisy project where we just have you seen that video of the japanese dude that just hits snare yep like and it's like it's not really to us it's not it doesn't seem like it's music i don't understand it but that dude got flown out to sweden and paid to pr perform just throwing the snare around and doing we whatever that. like that's so i could if i had some sort of strange project like that and i found out how to like 
properly sell it, I could get money from the government to perform that around Sweden. Right. Um, Wait, why so, couldn't we do that with Quivoy? Because I don't, I'm since I'm not like, so I don't have a Swedish uh, citizenship or residency. I don't know if it would like apply to me. Um, I feel like the government likes to invest in those Ship things. Back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I feel like they'd probably want to invest in those things because the artist acts as a cultural ambassador. Well, then also they they mm -hmm. make a big effort to like maintain their culture. So right. like, uh, at least with like classical music, so much money is invested in that. And and the the one thing I will say is is you don't as from what I could gather from my time there is like musicians in Sweden. Like you, in order for you to succeed, you have to really fit in a box. Well, like here, dude, you have people that like in Jacksonville alone, it's like you have people that are phenomenal blues musicians, people that are great jazz musicians, people that, like there's a really a little bit of everything there. But it's like in order to succeed there, it's like you have to be a jazz musician, a Nordic jazz musician, which is strange, and then a, or a classical musician, Nordic you know? So jazz? it's like, yeah, there's like there's that's a playlist a for it on Spotify. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like jazz without the With extra Vikings. spice. Without the extra, but they're <laughs> phenomenal. They're phenomenal at their like they kill like they're the stuff they do on their instruments. You're like, dude, this is crazy. But there's wow. there's something about like at least like you go and see any jazz musician here around Jacksonville. Well, like they there's there's like a heart that they play with that I feel that I I couldn't find that other than there was it's one, a little stiff is what yeah, you're saying. But there was one guitar player that I had found that I will say was sick as heck in Sweden. You should check him out. His name is Max Schultz. The dude plays a Telecaster. He is like, if you took Albert King and like Joe Pass and put them together, oh, that's wow. freaking sick, dude. That's a pretty good. He sale. would play every Sunday at this yeah, right. spot in a uh, in Stockholm. That was probably the only musician I think I found there where I was like, dude, he played something that like touched me every single time. And that's He's what you dope. want. But you yeah, check totally. out his records and they're all like straight ahead, which I feel like they're not. It doesn't. You don't. The impression that you get over the records isn't what like I saw like when I saw yeah. him live. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it like Euro Europeans when they do American music, mm -hmm. it's like which is why it's surprising that that they were so like not receptive to I you. thought I was going to be at least like accepted or embraced. Like I I wasn't I didn't expect to go there and have things handed out to me like you have to work for things anywhere in life. Sure. But I it was just so strange to me where I was just like, "Oh my god, dude, like I'm working so hard and like like trying so and dude, even just trying to get a job, dude." Like, in the matter of six months, I think I applied. Because after, like, two months, I, I just, you have to be realistic. I realized, I was like, okay, I saved up enough money to maintain myself for a little while. But that's not, this country is really fucking expensive. And being a full-time musician here is just not going to happen for me. Because, like, you have to be accepted by the people that you're, like, you know, around. So I started applying for jobs. And I think over the course of six months, I applied for, like, 400 jobs. Like, Anything, dude. Like I, I applied for like anything that had music in the title, music teacher, music something. Uh, like I applied for like software tester for reason because they're out of Stockholm. Mm -hmm. um, there was like uh, uh, like a similar gig to like the fine arts center thing. Like yeah. anything. Nothing came through until like my last two weeks there. Like I got a music teacher job like two weeks before my brother passed, and then my brother passed, and I was like, oh well. Got to come back to Jax. Yeah, so of course. It's, Honestly, it's I don't know. It's I'm it, glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Yep. It made me. Do we have a lot of stuff here? Like, that's like really, really, really nice. Like, yeah. and I feel like we. I never. I took it for granted until like I went out there and was like, dang. Even just, you know, if if 
the pandemic hit for whatever reason, like just being American, dude, like we can, I can find a job tomorrow if I need it. Right. If I'm in a desperate situation, God forbid something happened and I need money, I can find a job tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, that's something where we're just so lucky, dude. Because when we get thrown in a difficult situation, it's just like, you can figure it out. But over there, it's like, oh, yeah, it's normal to spend six months looking for work to find like a bullshit mm. job. Oh my God. Wild. So wild. It's just weird that like, especially like as musicians that are playing Western music, like that you would have, being from the States... A lot of the times in Europe, they accept, like, they love Americans for that reason. I can't just, speak for Europe, but in Sweden, I definitely didn't feel that. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't want to, like, pull the race card, but I feel that had I looked a little more like a stereotypical American, maybe it would have been different. Yeah. Um, but, like, even my so name, weird, like, man. looks kind of Arabic to yeah. them. And because of that, like, like Vicky's friends would, would tell me, like, oh, when you when you apply uh, for a job, don't put your first name. Mm. But you should put your middle name because my first name, my middle name's Daniel. So it, like, looks a little more. And I'm just like, I that really don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? crazy. So. Mm. It's crazy. It's common in a lot of those countries. Yeah. It's very homogenous. And they do Super. have their own set of immigration issues that they deal with. And it's like, and it just happens to be more from the Middle East. So yeah. like, if you're... If I don't know, I mean, are you Middle Eastern? Not at all. I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's weird. But yeah. like those countries have like their own set of problems with that stuff. They're not like. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, bro. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it is. I mean, you know, I'm sorry that you experienced it that. It is what it is. Yeah, that's fine. But it, it just, I don't know. I feel like it, it's just a, I don't know. I feel like as Americans, a lot of us just being around, like we, we tend to, to criticize our own country a lot. And there are a lot right. of issues here, but also it's like, dude, there's so much here that's so, there's a lot that really sucks, you know, but there's a lot that's really good too. It's, where it's, it's an amazing country. It is. Dude. And I mean, like people that, people that like shit on this country all the time, it's like, I get it, dude. We have problems. Yeah. Like, name a country that doesn't have problems. Um, and I'm not even, I'm not even one of those people that's like, we're the greatest country. We're definitely mm -hmm. not. But just to acknowledge the fact that this is a great country and that for like its own set of circumstances, right? And then you can go other places and find different circumstances that might work for you better. But and that maybe that works better. Yeah. But to say that this country is like like sucks or like, like we're like the worst or whatever, it's like it's just it's just ignorance. It is, dude. You can the beautiful thing about America, no matter how stupid your dream is, if you work hard enough, your dream can come true. Can make it happen. Even if it's the most like ridiculous dream. Dude, you have people like that make entire livings doing like, I don't know, what's something random? They play video games online. They just stream yeah. their video Freaking, games. Like what? You and know, they, and they make and they're making millions of dollars. Some of them. Mm -hmm. It's just that's that's what, you know. And, and there's and there's a there's diversity here that exists in a way that d doesn't really exist in a lot of other places. Yeah, and it's like even if you like, because I mean, the U.S. is definitely very racist. But even if if I feel like anywhere here, it's like there's. Okay, if I live in Mississippi and then I'm like around a bunch of racist people, there's there's also a community of people that aren't racist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's so much exposure to every culture yeah. that exists in the world right here in the states. Yeah, and yes, there are racist people here, but that I think it's far outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. I think if I think it, it's far less than what's actually being talked about. I think that most of it is like. I think most people here, at least what I see on the day to day, mm -hmm. is pretty accepting. We're playing. If if some, something we talk about a lot in the show is if you want to see where a culture is really at, look at their art first, right? And our dude, Jacksonville, it's like beautiful. It's yeah. like we have people of every color, every race, like 
just playing music, man. And it's like there's there's people that have been like born and raised in Jacksonville that are in the music scene, but then you have people that have like come from wherever else and then it's like after being here for a few years they're like uh look at um our music community is it's fucking awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah totally we have um, a great music community here like from every little genre or sect of folks like yeah. i feel like i get along with so many mm-hmm. people in the community and it's like even even though like there's genres <laughs> that you know it's it unfortunately kind of like separates people people still like mingle and mix together yeah, dude. you know very accepting yeah for sure we're I lucky yeah it's it's been cool doing this podcast because like, we've gotten to like talk to people from all these different little sex mm-hmm. you know and it's like you see the, all these little ecosystems that are existing that yeah. otherwise i wouldn't have even known were here yeah. right and then like there's all this common ground between our experiences and like through gigging and writing and performing and whatever the, the, especially just through the art in general, yeah, you know, and it's really helped, you know, me connect with a lot with like just a world that I didn't know was here. Yeah. You know? So it's awesome. I that's, love that for you. That's I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. Yeah. Like, can I sit in for you sometimes? Absolutely. Can I be the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that's the, like there needs, dude, there's so much talent here in like all different genres. It's just like, there needs to be something to like, like, a, I don't know, a, newsletter or something or like <laughs> or they, they some people do like those like uh like musician meetups i know pine studios yeah uh, pine, yeah, pine studios yeah they do like that. once a month but like to like open it up to where it's like because it's like i've been once or twice and it's it's still kind of like a very like a certain like kind of like the murray hill crowd yeah um and that's sick but there's i don't know man even like there's a lot of great artists that i feel like don't have access to the best musicians but there's so many great musicians like at least for me, like I play a lot in a lot of kind of like the gospel church scene. And it's just like, dude, I see these people like playing organ and bass. And I'm like, why isn't anybody hiring these people to do their original music? Because these guys will come in and like smash your song in five minutes. Like, yeah, totally. It, I think, again, that goes back to like s- some people are just like in their own. Yeah, little it's, bubbles. it's very like, yeah. Sometimes, you It'd know. It'd be great if we popped all those bubbles and then yeah. made them all. Yeah, I agree. Like all one right. big music meetup for yeah. literally every genre in the fucking city. Yeah. I can say that... We got to plan that. <laughs> totally. I mean, and Bottom of the Bill can sponsor it or whatever. I yeah. mean, like... Yeah, I, dude. I can say that, that we've made an effort to, like, to showcase, like, as many different yeah. artists from different places. Yeah. There needs to be more people do... Like, every major city... Yeah has like multiple music podcasts yeah right we need more of them here um because we've had people like literally get mad about like me like not getting back to them or like not coming on the show when they want or not coming on the show at all because they're fucking weird yeah um, <laughs> just being that's, honest that's musicians they're all kind of weird the, some of it's like weird stalkery shit yeah. though where you're like anyways um <laughs> if there were more <laughs> Like opportunities Chris. for people. <laughs> yeah. You let me in after a while. All I had to do was keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there were like more outlets for people, there'd be less of that animosity, I feel like, because mm-hmm. then people don't feel like there's only one like, you know, megaphone for them, I guess. Oh my yeah. God, you know? maybe I'll start a podcast. You should totally start a podcast. <laughs> you have to learn. No. You can even produce it. First. Like, honestly, <laughs> I was really nervous to come here today because like, I don't even talk on stage barely. This is way easier than talking yeah, on stage. I don't talk on stage either, and I'm sitting here hosting a podcast. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so it's like, it's it's totally different, you know. I think that what we try to foster here is like really 
how musicians kind of hang out in like the green room and mm -hmm. like how like, what what the conversations are like when we're not on stage with each other. Yeah, and then it's also just an opportunity for 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 us to get to like hang out with each other in general because we don't get to do that because no. we're all working and stuff, you know. Correct. Yeah. So right. we want to so we want to showcase that side of it, and I think you know some people have been responsive, but to your point about the different bubbles, like I'll see people and they'll be like, you know. I watched it when you had this person on. You know, when you get people like that on, I like to watch it. It's yeah. like, okay, but, you know, the idea is to showcase. Hopefully, like, we've proven to you that we can have a conversation that's, like, worth your time to yeah. listen to. So maybe, like, give us and the artists that we have on the benefit of the doubt. If you've never heard of them before, you might discover something that, you might, that, you, that you'll like. Right, yeah. absolutely. You know, so it's just breaking that, that kind of status quo, I, get, I guess. People want to stick with what they know. Um, that's but just, that's how do you learn? Thing, unfortunately. Exactly. How the totally. fuck do you yeah. learn about anything else? Yeah. Totally. So that, that's that's been some of the obstacles. But yeah, I think more things like that and like, you know, music meetups. I've been to a couple of the Pine Studios one, which, which have been like awesome. Yeah. I've met many people that I had. I mean, I didn't know Jacob or any of those guys. I just showed yeah. up dude, to he's one. he's a and great was, engineer. Jacob's and his space. Yeah. I love the Beautiful, space. Beautiful, right? Like, yeah. He was on our podcast like what, like a year yeah. ago or something? Uh, we did it over there at Pine. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. It was so yeah, cool. Dude. The set looked so nice. Yeah, I bet it was vibe. And it was always has like a nice candle going. Yeah. It's just like you go in there and you're like, I'm cozy. I'm gonna make some music. Yeah. Like it's it's nice. And he's such a cool dude. Yeah. Too. Like he really like gets in like the conversations we're able to get in some really good spaces. You yeah. know, like he just he's willing to explore yeah. the possibility of that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's cool. And like we I met a bunch of people through that through that meetup that I didn't know existed yeah. here. So more things like that too, you know, and I don't know. Just there's there's something percolating for sure. Oh, you know, for sure. More yeah. stuff just needs to keep popping up, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we're almost done. I, we're gonna do unpopular opinions. Uh, are you guys familiar Ooh, with this segment? Yes, I've okay. seen it. Awesome. You, there was something where someone talked about the bad slide solo or something. Yeah. That was me. A of, yeah. yeah. A lot of people saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That went viral on TikTok. We got about almost 500,000 views on it Shit. and a lot of hate. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, no one agreed, but no, there were some people that, that were on my side about it. But it was a minority. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was one of the best, most out of tune guitar solos ever. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that statement. Um, I don't, and I, and I have to always say this, that, I think Dwayne Allman is one of the greats, in my opinion, and a huge inspiration for me, especially when I was first coming up. Um, that being said, I don't have to like everything that he does. No. I think that that's solo. I didn't even realize it until someone brought it up, like pointed it out to me. I started listening to it. I was like, yeah, you're right. This is out of tune. Wait, what solo is it again? Slide solo and Layla at the end. Not familiar. Oh, you've you'll, heard it you'll before. Hear it. Yeah, 100%. you know it. Bum, bum, bum. Um, uh -uh. But let's make our own viral and popular <laughs> okay. opinions. Okay, okay. Uh, let's start oh. off with Chris to see what he's got. Okay. Um, doing stage gimmicks, particularly guitar players, oh. the one I'm thinking of, playing your guitar behind your head means you're a trash guitar player and you have to cover it up with some bullshit. I'm looking at you, Jimi Hendrix. Wait, that's I, a hot ass take. I, yeah, oh and I fucking man. believe it too. I 100% could not disagree with this more. Oh, fuck the right <laughs> hell off. So I really think that it's, I don't know. Once again, when you're a musician, you have to perform. If people just, people won't go see you live if you just. Yeah, they fucking Girl, will. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they will. Because Lana Del Rey. 
while yes she does perform sometimes she mostly just stands there and I have bought tickets to her concert, and I will again. I'll put out the laundry list of people that. So that's what kind of helps. But she's also take the very out of that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's also but it's also like a full on production. The show she might just stand there, yeah. but there's other things happening behind her or around her. There's visuals, yeah, yeah. lights, yeah, that's true, which make it a thing. And then it's also kind of her vibe. Yeah, like, like people are going to see that, like her do that thing. Yeah, um, it fits the music well. It's the whole thing. Uh, but it's also like the Hendrix vibe to be crazy and wild on stage. Exactly. Fuck out of here. Derek stands there like an Easter Island statue and doesn't move. <laughs> okay, dude, the but there's 12 people on Derek stage. makes you want to cry. Yeah. yeah. From, like listening to like five seconds of him. You're just like, dude. Yeah. Never seen that guitar anywhere but in front of his body. Okay, so do you think that Steve Vai sucks? Yep. You're fucking crazy. You think he sucks? Check out my playlist. Zero Steve Vai. Okay, I don't... That's not what I asked you. I'm not... <laughs> I mean, a, I still stand by that he sucks. I'm not <laughs> a fan. about to hit each other. I'm not... No, this is fucking... <laughs> this, 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 this is light work. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, do you guys think that... I mean, Steve Vai is objectively Sac- a great guitar player. He I don't know technic- who Steve Vai is. Thank yeah. you, my friend. He is technically a great guitar player is what I'll say. Okay, objectively, he's a he's a great guitar player. No, objectively is like the whole full scope of it. Like, oh, objectively, he's just great. No, it's technically, he's very good he's at got doing technique. his thing. Yeah, he's yeah. got great technique. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh, not objectively like a super soulful, well-rounded, all-over guitar. That's, yeah. I wasn't making the distinction. I was just saying he's objectively great at playing the guitar. I think he's technically great at playing the guitar. So Steve Vai, unlike, yeah. <laughs> Steve yeah. Vai, unlike the three other guitar players in this room, has had records oh. that oh. make way more money than any oh. of us have ever made. Sure. That's and tea. he has That's just so he made money. Well, also and then he has a sound. You hear Steve Vai for 5 seconds and you know it's Steve Vai. He's also yeah. a performer. Like yeah. he's not just standing in one spot when he's on stage like he's he's entertaining the crowd beyond what he's doing. So I'm just or Eddie Van Halen's another example. I'm just pointing out examples Eddie of Eddie why you're play. wildly wrong about what you said. Yeah. Oh. It's a wild and a show gimmick. Mark Letiri stands on stage like an Easter Island statue. <laughs> for, every, for every example that you have of someone that stands there and does nothing on stage besides play amazingly, there are uh, there's going to be another example of someone that plays amazingly and also performs. And, yep, I, and I'm not buying tickets to those shows. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> another thing I think is we have to take into consideration kind of like the time of history, like Jimi Hendrix. Now, if you see someone else playing a Jimmy like doing the Jimi Hendrix thing like our age lame as hell unless they're playing their guitar real well behind their neck behind their back or their head or whatever um, <laughs> behind themselves yeah <laughs> it's lame but at the time it was like like <clears throat> dude every like Jimi Hendrix is like influenced rock guitar players like R&B guitar would not be what R&B guitar is without sure, Jimi Hendrix 100%. like Jimi Hendrix is his influence is now, did he play better with the guitar in front of his face or behind it? Doesn't matter. He's putting on a show, bro. But he brought in what maybe what made him famous was the fact that he did all that crazy shit and we wouldn't know Jimi Hendrix if it. Bro, he played that shit with his teeth, dog, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Light that shit on fire. That's, and he that's set that sta- shit on fire. That's cool. That's like, a, that's theatrical. <laughs> play this shit the way you're supposed to play it, bro. Put that guitar in front of your body and play that fucking okay, guitar. Dude. That is a hot I think ass if you take. can, If you can play... <laughs> And you do that, it's cool. But if you can't play, and that's all you can do to show for you, like the fact that you can't play is look, your showmanship. No one's. I'm all look. I'm all about like adding a 
value to your show and Doesn't production value. Like you are about it Add all, production actually. value, but your musicality <laughs> suffers when you do that shit. You can fuck right off. I, it's just I mean, like you know what I mean. Like no. do something, do something else. Strap yourself to wires and fling yourself like a slingshot across I'm the stage. I, mean, I don't fucking care. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll like my least favorite thing to watch and listen to. Like as cool as as it is, I guess, is when these girls or these dudes are like dancing and singing at the same time, like doing all these crazy ass moves and trying to sing. Like yeah. y'all just sound like you're like running and singing. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think that when you're putting on a live show and your performance is an aspect of it, there's going to be something that is going to be sacrificed. It doesn't mean that they're any less of a musician because of it. It's that when you go to see a show and these are artists, okay, these aren't just musicians, these are artists, there's a full scope they have to be aware of, right? Certainly. And when, you, when you're paying, you know, two, $300 for a ticket, you deserve a show, especially if you're if you're going for that reason. So I agree. You know what I mean? So, so you go that. see a live show. It's you are their names on the billboard. It's already the self-indulgent me show. You're going to see them. It's all them and them. Why double down? You know what I mean? You're already like, OK, cool. You can jerk off with that behind your head now, too. That's dope. It's already your fucking thing. Do you Not think self-indulgent me show? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of Chris's album. <laughs> Check me out on all streaming services. <laughs> Um, with my guitar in front of my fucking body. Do you, <laughs> do you think Stevie Ray Vaughan sucked also? Hot take, bro. <laughs> yeah. I started off really appreciating it. Bro. He just stole from the greats and then played it backwards behind his head. Like he stole Hendrix? from the greats and played it yep. better than the greats. Wait, how many guitar players play guitar behind their head? And I'm just like learning like about this. It's super it's, gimmicky. It's yeah. cheese balls. Like this just happens all the time. Yep. And I'm just yeah. unaware. Yeah, it does happen a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Especially with like the, the guitar gods, you know, like the people and that's that are. The thing. Fucking Stevie Ray. Well, he'll play it behind his back, too. And all he's doing is that fucking double stop. He's not playing his most technical cool shit. I just think it's a gimmicky bullshit because thing. Because he played the technical shit on the record, dude. He's putting on performance. Yeah, and that's that what I fucking want to see. Show. If I'm going to pay to see him live, I want to see him he's, play the shit I like. Okay, he's also going to do that too, though. Is he? He's going, wait and wait and wait. He like, he's playing it behind his fucking back. Well, he's not doing anything anymore. He's dead. So. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was going to go there with fucking uh, Van Halen, so you beat me to it. It was dumb. <laughs> Oh all right. That's a yeah. So all the guitar players that play behind their back are fucking dead. Hendrix, <laughs> Eddie Van Halen, Stevie Ray. And that's the moral of the story for you. Okay? And Steve Vai is on his way out. That okay. old fucker. Gosh. Well, I um, <laughs> think that that's a very unpopular opinion and I hate it. Yeah, and, great. Um, Go catch Larry Carlton playing behind his head. Fuck <laughs> All right. Let's move on from this one. All right. We'll um, see you in the parking lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Courtney. I don't really have that many unpopular opinions, so y'all are gonna have to come back to me. Okay, Lon, you got one for us. Uh, I don't know if it's unpopular to like people like us, but I feel like to like a, the basic audience, just because a band or like a singer is like very physically beautiful, doesn't mean they sound good. And I feel like we see this a lot. So this is kind of this is kind of capitalizing on what he's saying oh. a little bit, kind of building on that. Where yeah, there's certainly. This, yeah. There's this visual representation. That's people happening. listen with their eyes more than their ears. Yeah. Well, I mean that's because I was gonna say something mean, but let me let me let me go back a little bit. That's because people don't really have a musical ear. That is true. Most people don't have a musical ear, so when they see something cute, 
they're going to be looking. So give me an example. Oh. We can bleep I their name out if to. you want. We can, we, can, we can bleep their name out if you want. No, oh. no, no, no. Let's I will. not do that. No. Um, oh, come on. It doesn't have to be a There's local one person. person. in mind, but I don't want to say it. No, man. Um, like, is it is it a local person? The thing is, people that are pretty are just going to get more opportunities. Like, that's just how, that's how it is. That is true. Yeah. And we can be pissed about it. Or we can accept it. <laughs> but they can't <laughs> sing as in tune as you, so. I mean. Yeah. Um. Is is there is there like like an example of a famous person? Oh, that, oh. That, that, that's what I, that's more what I'm asking. I, I don't want to get into the local stuff. I'd rather keep it like you know Who's kosher. Who's an artist that? I'm trying to think of one. There's some one that we both know. Um, I mean, I I like I just don't like talking bad about people, but we're here, so. Um, <laughs> I, Chris just did a whole diatribe over there. I know. <laughs> Steve I, is gonna come and kill him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, I'll hide behind Eric Clapton. He'll keep me safe. I would say someone like um. Uh, like a, like a like a BB Rexa. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Like she is very conventionally attractive, but as far as like her voice goes, I like I just don't get it. Is there is there another aspect of what she does though that might that, that might sell it for people? Do you think like maybe it's like her image certainly, but then there's like a, a sound of the music, like like. What I'm trying to think of is like the package as a whole. Music just being one aspect that might not be the main focal point, but there's mm -hmm. like a package being sold. Her there. shit is catchy as fuck. Yeah. I feel like the same way about, I cannot, like Doja Cat, I cannot yeah. get into Doja oh, Cat. Oh, I think yeah. Doja Cat is like a fucking genius. Oh, no. Really? I'm fuck not. yeah. It's, I yeah. listened to her new song the other day and I was just like, this is so boring. I mean, it's look so how repetitive. much money she has. Look how many people are talking about her. Oh, she no. produces all her own shit, writes all her own shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. That's why it's so repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if she sang behind her head. <laughs> Maybe if she's playing behind her head. I do, I do agree with what you're saying. I think that in the context of music, I think that, that just because somebody looks a certain way doesn't mean that they should uh, be held at the same standard as like somebody who's like super talented. Yeah. That being said, I do think that at a at a pop level, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I just don't think that music is the only thing to think about at that That's level. True. You're right. So if like if Agreed. if like if you're putting together a full package and there's artistry happening across the board and music is one facet of it, I think you can get away with not being the greatest musician in the world. You're right. You know. Cuz it's like at that point you're you're a pop star not a musician yeah exactly yeah, true. exactly so i don't know an artist in general i think even if, if you're not like if you haven't reached pop success i think yeah. artists have to think about the full scope of the experience yeah you know um that is a good unpopular opinion i think a lot of people get by on their looks for sure so much certainly you know? honestly like, no hate to bb rexa i'm sorry that i said what i said well <laughs> <laughs> their opinions and you know <laughs> It doesn't mean you hate the person. It just means that whatever they're doing is not your vibe, you know? It's just not for me, man. Yeah. Um, do you think an unpopular opinion? <sighs> not really, no. No, okay. I'll do mine, and then yeah. if you can think of one in the meantime. Um, okay, so I'm, I've got a list of them here that I'm oh just, gosh. I just want to see. I'm not going to go down the whole list, obviously. I'm just curious. Why didn't to. I do that? Um, the list. Oh, he's an unpopular opinion machine. I just he's think about things a lot. And I'm just like, I don't really like this very much. And then, um, okay, so I saw someone post this recently, mm -hmm. and I just happened to agree with it after I started thinking about it. I forget who it was that posted it, so I'm sorry for taking. I'm not trying to take credit. I just don't remember who you are. Um, uh, encores at shows are overrated. 
Yeah. Mm. I could get down with that. They've become overrated. Yes. I feel like like okay. definitely so it becomes expected now. Like you go to a show and it's just kind of like, oh, it's expected it's, yeah, and that like that's the problem. Yeah. That's weird. It, it takes away from the from the impact that an encore has. Like bands will put in their set list encore. Exactly. That shouldn't and be the like, case. Yeah. I'm guilty of it myself. Like yeah. on like original showcases and stuff. If we're like the headlining band, we've done it as well. But it's, just, it's one of those things, and I understand where, where you're going to go with the performance thing. <laughs> the problem is, is that it's not a surprise when you do it at every show. Performance should be about like it's a spectacle that you're like that you're not expecting to fully see, right? So when people do things that are that are that are just off the cuff, mm -hmm. and an encore was kind of like this almost protest like thing originally, where people are like that you're extending the, the time, like fuck the people that are telling us to stop at this time yeah. for whatever noise ordinance, whatever bullshit, we're gonna go longer, and we're gonna get, we're, we're here for you guys, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of gone away now. It's like you, you built, like you end your set early to do the encore so you can hit your marks. So you're not paying X amount of dollars on on the extra hours you're there. It's not organic. It's not mm -hmm. organic. It, I feel like it hasn't been organic for 50 years, dude. Encores are so industry standard at this point. Like, okay, that's why I'm saying that I don't. That I think they're overrated now. When bands do them, yeah, but you should have said that back in like 1984 or something. I wasn't yeah. born yet. Oh so. darn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it's the grand finale of this massive production thing that you're so into. And like, you know, you can build this big outro to a show and cap it. Yeah. And they get to play their little game of adult peekaboo and they go backstage and then they come out again. Like, this should be your vibe all day. I've, you should plan to have an encore ready. But if it doesn't happen, then probably like maybe some nights a band is going to do such a good job that the band, the, the artist or the fucking audience wants an encore but also sometimes okay you, so you, they did good enough think about it think about let's think about taylor swift she's on tour <laughs> and her encore let's say they have fireworks that i don't know they're doing a hundred something dates this tour <clears throat> and they've got a whole show they're playing for an encore let's just say it's fireworks maybe a trapeze artist comes out the there's something they've got all this extra production value if you just don't do it how much money are you blowing on fireworks every night that are not like you budget for this shit for a whole tour and if you're just leaving it up to the crowd there is no chance in hell that any production manager is ever going to leave that much money up to a bunch of audience members i feel like we're we're back in the conversation of talking about pop stars versus like musicians thank you yeah this, so, this is like sorry guys. it's just no, something you know it's like you know, we we made so much of the conversation about production value. It's like, why would that not be part of the conversation? Period. Tell him, Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your unpopular opinion. Unpopular <laughs> um, opinion. Anthel's mean. <laughs> Popular opinion. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, if it's if it's up to just the musicians, of course, you know, you go in and like make the call based on what you think the crowd deserves, but like. What if your perception's wrong? What if they're really vibing it, but they're just not loud? They're a quiet bunch of. What if your audience is Swedish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moral yeah. of today's story is that we don't like the Swedes on this. What if podcast. they just golf the ones that I've met? Yeah. What if? Because if my wife sees it, she's gonna kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, I just think that they're. I, I just think that encores as a gimmick are overrated. Or now it's just become a gimmick. It's and, and it's expected. Versus like this unexpected thing where it's like, man, the band the band like tricked us. Half the audience was gone and they came back and almost gave us like this private show. 
that wasn't really so i just think that it's kind of overdone now it's like not a not a cool rock and roll thing to do anymore hmm. it's you're a very right. that is unpopular slash like audience-based thing it's like if you're if your audience are like Taylor Swift fans, then it's like, yeah, you should get an encore because you paid like thousands of dollars for your ticket. Yeah. But if you're like, and I don't know if you have an audience where people are like really, really into your music and like they're into your music, not the whole package, yeah. then I feel like that, I don't know, like if, if you're like a semi-popular indie rock band or something and you have, you know, the same show from night to night, but maybe you have some songs set for like an encore, it just... That's where I feel like if you're in the not playing a giant stadium and playing yeah. something where it's like there is less of there is more of a connection between the audience and the artist, then I feel like that's when an encore should happen organically. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, like a call on yeah. a per gig basis, yeah. like depending on, on how you're vibing with the audience. Yeah. But just to do it, just to do it is like, what are we doing? Guys? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's lame. Lame as fuck. Plus, you got to pay all those workers extra overtime if they're mm. staying longer. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, Courtney, did you think of one? Yeah, man. Does it have to be music related? No, you got whatever you want. All right. All right, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to say it. I think that more people should microdose, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Okay. Um, I don't know how unpopular of an opinion that is though, because I feel like it's becoming more popular. It's certainly becoming more mainstream, <clears throat> I think. But I, I, I think that in probably... Like, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find, like, a therapist that's going to suggest that to you oh, currently. Oh, yeah. So, I, it is, I think, you know, industry standard, it would be unpopular. But I think that a lot of people are, ta are, are doing it, and it's working for a lot of people. I've never microdosed. I've only, you know, taken very high doses. And at this point in my life, I, I can't fuck with it anymore because it's too much for me. So I don't know what the purpose of microdosing would be, but I mean, do you have experience, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. And it works for you. It's, I would say it changed my life. Yeah. So being a person that is very distant from any sort of drugs at all. No. Right. I won't even, dude, I can't, I can't <laughs> even drink a beer, bro. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Well, um, as a person who struggles with like mental health stuff, anxiety, depression, um, it's like a nice boost like it just makes me feel happier it makes me see the world like in an even more like I feel like I'm approaching people in the world with more empathy than I was even before which I feel like is always wow, good you're empathetic yeah. now bruh I'm kidding <laughs> anyways yeah I, I think that like everyone can benefit from it I feel like this is, I'm going to sound like such a fucking hippie, but I feel like ever since I like started microdosing, I'm more in touch with like nature and that makes me really happy too. So do you see like, cause from what I understand as a person that has no knowledge of that stuff, <clears throat> you take a mushroom and you basically see things that aren't there, right? <laughs> nah, it kind of tickles your brain and makes your brain see things, you know, it's so like, it's a little, I mean, it's not like you're hallucinating. It's just like, uh, I mean, so if you microdose, do you hallucinate? I mean, no. sometimes there's like little bits of like visuals, which I would describe as like maybe things like moving a little bit. Are you talking about microdosing or when you take mushrooms? Um, when I've microdosed, I can't say that things have been like moving like that, but the colors certainly get brighter. Yeah. And yeah. What, how much are you taking when you microdose? Um, I'm shit 
at like measuring stuff. I take a little capsule, but I want to say like it's definitely like less than half of a gram. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm curious as to how that would work for me because I've like I've taken like a gram before just because it was all that was available, and I was like, let me see if this does anything. And you kind of get this little body high type thing. Yeah. You get like, but to me, the come up of a trip is always very uncomfortable until it sets in. So I feel like microdosing for me would just kind of give me that edge. That's what it feels like. I hate that though. Does see, that I, it does something for me. Really? Yeah. Have you microdosed Chris? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of like, it's like, it's, it's almost like a, this is going to be, it's almost like a weird, it's like an organic Adderall or something <laughs> like, you know, like you yeah. take it and it's like, you're definitely like more heightened. It almost feels like you're like someone's picking me up by the scruff of my neck and I'm just kind of like on my tippy toes walking around. It's like I'm definitely like kind of more maybe driven. That's such a like, good way to describe it. You know, it's like Sounds you're like coffee. It's it's like <laughs> it's like really strong coffee. Yeah. Know? I mean, so I'll it, have three coffees instead. Yeah. But Oof. then you can't go and brag to your friends that you're on mushrooms. <laughs> 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 Bro, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, not I, the point. No, not, no, of course not. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could easily become like a commonplace light coffee. Like you just find, like, because you know, some people coffee doesn't work for them. They drink tea. Some people, you know, whatever. So, like, you know, maybe you just have your capsule in the morning, and that just becomes like the normal thing. Some people are putting mushrooms, not like psilocybin, but like other kinds of mushrooms in their drink. Yeah, that's for, ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like you're gonna eat a you know dirt beef patty and but not what if it gives you energy like what if that helps them chris well eat it for breakfast don't put it in your coffee coffee's coffee well i said coffee's drink that's why i didn't say coffee because okay. yeah. they might just be like mixing in water or some shit chris you know? has got much water. like his music it's very selective here <laughs> <laughs> water's already perfect okay fuck me anyways <laughs> oh yeah that's what i said that's what i said <laughs> Cording. <laughs> i think it's a good idea I've uh, Thank you. I've been wanting to try it. I will say, um, I've just not done it yet. But I'm curious as to how it would work because I'm somebody. I've I've been <clears throat> at the time of recording this podcast. I've been sober for five months, <gasps> which is like a huge thing. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. It's been boop, it's boop, been boop, a boop. crazy. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we need sound effects on this fucking show. Yeah, I'm agreed. on it. Um, it'll up the production value. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just have them on a wall behind my head and I'll just go. Yeah. <laughs> Chris just holds a guitar behind his head. The whole yeah. time. It's a MIDI guitar and I've got a sound effect on each. Yeah. Fucking... Nice. Um, so, it, but that being said, one of the things that I was using heavily for um, just for work was I was taking a lot of Adderall. I mean, like just, just insane amounts. So, um, substance abuse is fucking real and horrible and a lot more people than, than you think are going through it. hundred yep. percent. Period. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because I tell people like in, in like our circle that I've, that I'm kind of like going through this process and people are always like, what are you talking about? Cause I was never the one out partying, but mm -hmm. I was just doing it, you know, in my own, I was coping self-medicating self -medicating to do, to not party, but to, to work basically, mm -hmm. you know? So anyways, I've enjoyed the like the like being sober. It's like been a huge game changer mm -hmm. for me. Um, I drink insane amounts of coffee, um, so maybe you know rather than like coffee, I'm wondering if 
or with coffee, even if, if microdosing is something that like could work, you know, because I've never had an addictive thing with like, I mean, mushroom psychedelics aren't really like that. You can't take them every day. Yeah, you know? I feel the same. I mean, I've been sober from alcohol for two years. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It feels so good. But I agree. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I need to take mushrooms every day. Right. You know what I mean? So that's like, why I'm wondering if like microdosing is something that, you know, that can work. You know, I'm not going to meetings or anything like that. Um, I've just, I'm just not drinking or doing any other drugs anymore. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that could be like a good thing I should try out and see. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but it's helped me. Uh, you <laughs> you put, the, me. put the disclaimer in the, uh, Courtney is not a doctor. Yeah. Not a doctor. <laughs> um, but I think it could up our production value around here. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like my unpopular opinion should have been that more people should be sober. But that's becoming more popular it is too. Yeah. More popular, I mean, you have non-alcoholic beers everywhere now. So. Yeah. 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 I feel like like the sober thing now is like what the partying thing was back in the day where it was like people were partying as like a rebellious thing. But nowadays people are getting sober as a rebellion to the party. Because everybody parties. Everybody <laughs> yeah. parties. Yeah. Well, America's just turning into one big alcoholic, in my opinion. Yeah. I just played a gig not that long ago. I went into this room. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just like one big alcohol convention. Anyways, this room was filled to the brim with wine. And I was like, what is happening? Literally bottles and bottles everywhere. It's the cornerstone of, <clears throat> of socializing these days. Certainly. I mean, people can't. You go to these weddings where people like, especially like since we all play wedding gigs, like these people, like maybe there'll be little cliques of people that all don't know each other. And they're so awkward the first hour. And then it's like the moment they get hand, like they need to be hammered to socialize. Yeah, yeah. man, like, that's the holy crap. That's, like I, that I'll, sucks. Yeah, I'll admit that w the first, I mean, three years of doing this podcast, we've been doing it for three and a half years yeah. now. Every single episode, I was drinking, taking Adderall, or doing both. I mean, always doing both. Yeah. But like sometimes, always drinking, always. Yeah. Um, and then. There was never an episode that I did totally sober, except for I think Craig, Barnett, and Todd Smalley. I did sober because it was mm -hmm. in the morning. Um, I was just drinking coffee. I remember feeling like that wasn't the way that I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like the, dr I... the drinking like put this. It, it's it's the great unifier. Like we're all having a, a drink. We're yeah. all here. We're loosening up the conversation. I mean, sometimes it would go for too long, and we talk about things that were just after a while it was not interesting and yeah. just beating a dead horse and I'd be slurring by the end of it. Yeah. It was bad. And then, so for the last five months I've been doing these only sober. Mm -hmm. And um, to your point about the awkwardness where at first for me, it was very mm. much that. It was like, oh man, how do I, Yeah. if, if I'm like, I, I can't like use the sip as like a thing now, like as, as a break to think about what I want to say next. I can't like loosen up in the way that I would before. Now you have to fully embrace. You got to be you, exactly. which 100%. And you know what? Exactly. That's, this is the beautiful thing that Sweden taught me. It's okay for things to be awkward for a little bit. Yes. Like it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, there was awkward silence. So what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like it's, And that's something that I've really learned to be okay with yeah. in this podcast or even in conversations outside of this is like, okay, th there's an awkward silence. Just sit with it. Exactly. And you can't expect people to talk the whole time. Like, like yeah. our brains just don't... They don't work move. that way. Yeah. And it's funny because like there are people that, that don't, especially people that, mostly people that drink and, and party and stuff, that get instantly uncomfortable with the awkward silence. And I'll just be sitting there at this point now and I'm just like, 
I'm, I mean, I'm cool, dude. I don't need, like, we don't need to talk the whole time. Or if yeah. it gets awkward, one of us can just walk away or say, hey, peace out. We don't need to sit here with this discomfort and then say something and try and break it. Yeah. It becomes very forced. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's weird. And then you yeah. talk about shit that's just, like, not worth even talking about. Yeah, say, so. why are we talking about how we store our brooms right now? This yeah. is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know how what I mean? we store our brooms. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, do we really want to have this conversation? Otherwise, let's just let's just call this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, that that awkwardness, that the, the drinking can, can alleviate that, but it also avoids just the reality that things get awkward and uncomfortable sometimes. And it's okay. Yeah. You know? Like... I did not even know how I was going to like perform on stage, like speaking to my anxiety, you know, like I have really like awful stage fright. Like it gets pretty bad and it was really bad at the time I was drinking. So I was just drinking so much to try to get it to chill. And like, after I quit drinking, I was like, am I going to even be able to like fucking like step foot on stage without this, you know? So this is a, 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 an amazing realization to come to, right? Because you do have to, when you decide that you're going to stop doing something that you've been using as a coping mechanism, you have to confront the reality that maybe I'm only doing this thing that I think that I love because I, because of this coping thing. And then the, the confrontation is, do I really love this thing without the coping? Right. And then the first, like, it, it takes a minute to get adjusted, right? But I think, like, like, what was that for you? Do you feel like now you've it's reaffirmed your love for music and performing or really music uh, in a way that you didn't even know that you loved it before? Or do you think that it's just not as fun as it, when, when you did drink? I mean, that that the thing is, the love was always there. It was. It, how do I explain this? It's just like. I. I, mm, I mean, I feel like all of us, you know, we all are concerned about how we're perceived by others. Right. right? Yep. And I feel like for me, like that was one thing I could not fucking shake going on stage. How are other people looking at me? How are other people perceiving me? So I would just drink and drink and drink and drink until that kind of like dulled out. So I was never really like coping or I was never really drinking to cope with the fact that I like had to like perform and sing. It was more so like trying to ease my anxieties. Right. So I feel like I what I've learned now that I'm sober performing is that like, I just, I've, I've learned to just like not give as much of a fuck. Right. Like really that's, that's what I've gathered right. really just like, in life and on like stage. Where people aren't on, whatever. On, yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And, and for me, like the, it got to a point where before, I don't know, like I'd say, the vast majority of my shows, I would take uh, like Adderall beforehand and because it would help me like focus and ignore the audience mm-hmm. and like able to perform better and play better. And then in my practice, I was taking Adderall because I could practice for fucking eight hours and mm-hmm. just like and just yeah. fucking go. But before you probably realized that you started becoming reliant of it. That's the problem. Yeah. And that, that's a confrontation that I had to have with myself. Like when I quit taking it, it's like do you really love music or did you just like taking Adderall and playing music? Right. Wow. And, um, the realization that I came to was that I truly love playing music. And in fact, I love it more now. And I find that my practice though, not as, um, in depth as it might've been before is actually more helpful now because I can actually manage my time and I can like commit like an hour a day to it and focus on like one thing and then I can do it every day versus Adderall. I would do like an eight hour day 
maybe two days of that back to back, and then I crash for four days. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just not healthy. Yeah. It's not healthy, and you're like you're not sleeping, you're drinking to try and get to sleep, and then you wake up hungover, so you gotta take more Adderall to get. It's you just, just feel like shit. Yeah. And mine was exacerbating my anxiety. Yes. Like waking up the next day, like. I'm like, I'm doing this to alleviate anxiety, but I'm waking up like barely able to function because I'm so anxious. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what's that? Life becomes so much more manageable when you take that shit out of the equation. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as we use it to cope with things, you realize that this puts you in a deficit when you're not using it. Certainly. So then you spend most of this time that you're not using it recovering. Mm, uh, yeah. You know? I know that I haven't really dealt with like addiction and like any capacity but for me i feel like my like big coping me mechanism in like life is just like running I'll yeah just wake up and i'm like i'm gonna go run and I'll that's just healthy run. as and fuck it's like, like i wish we could all be like that yeah, like if i if i don't do that like if for whatever reason i can't exercise for like three or four days in a row i'm like just angry at the world yeah dude so, it's a problem you can yeah. ask chris if i show up the day where i'm like damn i couldn't go to the gym this morning yeah he know he's grumpy yeah, i'm yeah. grumpy and yeah. the podcast usually won't go very well because yeah. i can't wow. get out of my head yeah it's it's that it's that addictive thing. It's yeah. like you and you probably have the addictive impulse too. You're just focusing in a, in a positive place. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, and that's all the addiction is. It's an impulse that you're putting in the in the wrong place at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's like rather than like putting that impulse that I have into taking drugs, um, I, I've been you know going to the gym and and doing like martial arts and stuff, and it's yeah. been wildly helpful because then the discipline that you use there like goes into the music as well. You know, and yeah. then like that kind of focus and attention to detail translates across every aspect of your life. Yeah. Um, it's like you add to one thing and while adding to that one thing, you add to another. Exactly. Actually, I started going to therapy with a therapist that uh, um, Courtney hooked me up with. That's awesome. And she has me like do this sheet where it's like you have like your 10 strengths and it's like if you strengthen one of your like top 10 strengths you're strengthening other stuff by like it's like if you can improve in one aspect effect. of your life it'll improve another aspect of exactly your life, so yeah yeah and that's and that goes back to like you know what i was saying earlier about doing things that just add value yeah right and deciding what you want to choose like where you want to put your energy and if that means kind of removing yourself from a situation so that you can be fully present when you're doing the thing that you feel you're meant to do ultimately that's the the most authentic thing that you could do and it's going to be the most well received because it's you being authentically you yeah you know absolutely it's there's something like i don't know i feel like there's there's like there's something attractive about people that are just themselves like if you meet somebody weird as hell the fact that they're so okay with being weird you're like i want to be like them totally but the moment that you start seeing people try to be something they're not you're just like there's just like an off vibe about yeah. that it's it's easy to read too yeah. because there's kind of like like you can almost sense their anxiety yeah right and then you're just like uh, there's an energy about you that I'm not connecting with I'm not even trying to be a dick or like yeah. I don't want to be rude but there's something here that I'm not like vibing with yeah and I've been guilty of being that person you know what I mean yeah and I don't dude I I feel like just the whole world would be better if people just like accepted their like weirdness and we're just like hey I love I don't know picking mushrooms like that's my passion cool like who cares you know what i mean totally like i feel like oftentimes people are so worried of like musically or just personally of just like having a passion or something that's like a bit strange like one of my best friends he's like a finance person and his job like he literally sits at home like ex doing excel spreadsheets 
And this dude is legitimately passionate about like crunching numbers in Excel. That's I awesome. Like, for him. but that's yeah. great. You know, like he's doing something, he, and it, it shows in his personality. Like, just like, hey, like this is the thing that I love. I'm weird. Take it or leave it. We should yeah. all just be a little less afraid to be authentic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But the world, I mean, we don't really like. People in general don't embrace that. They don't embrace that. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Because that's going to happen. I think yeah. that, that the burden is on us who are trying to be authentic to cope with the reality that people are not always going to accept who we are. Mm. But the, Fuck it. You know, exactly. <laughs> the vast majority of people... There should I, be a I, button for that. Yeah. The fuck it button. <laughs> the fuck it button. Yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron says that. Aaron Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, he talked about that on the podcast, really? actually. Yeah, the I played with button. him last night. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a story about that, He's actually. He's good yeah. people, man. He's awesome, yeah. man. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think that I think that, you know, the burden is on people that are trying to to figure out like who they are to cope with the reality that people just aren't always going to accept you. Yeah. But I think most people will accept you. I think that just the loudest voices, the ones that have the most impact are the people that try and put you down or whatever, because for every one of those, there's like, there's like 50 people. They're going to be like, yeah, you're all, great to meet you. Or, mm-hmm. like, I really love what you're doing. Keep it up. But we don't, we don't receive that as much because it's, we, because there's something about reaffirming, that kind of wears thin after a while. But like when people say, why are you, why are you doing that? Oh, just stop being a fucking whatever. Just come and do this. Dude, Like saying good job to somebody goes so far. Like, like it's, or just saying like, I don't know, just, just showing ever like, and not in a false way, but just if you see someone doing something good, it's okay to congratulate them on it or just being happy for people. It's like just being like, Hey, like you're going and doing this. Like I may not agree with it, but I'm happy for you because you're happy. Like that, stupid little things like that add up to so much to just like like i don't know like you help another person out or just even um congratulate them or whatever and it's going to come back to you and it's i don't know it feels like it's a very normal human thing that people should do but people never do that like yeah yeah, i don't know for sure man. yeah for sure people can be like a little shy to be complimentary or um like just positive really in general sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, there, that's an insecurity in, in people too, yeah. you know, because there, there can be a sense of like envy or jealousy that people don't know what to do with. Or also there's a deeper insecurity where people don't think that what they have to, like what they say means anything. Mm-hmm. So they just don't say anything at all. Yeah. Right. And that silence, it can be detrimental to the person that you're trying to support or whatever you know, and not and believing that you don't add any value by what you say, um, that can really hurt people that that are that you're you know that, that you want to see do well. Yeah. Right. You know, but it's like I'm not gonna say. Oh, why would I say anything? It's not gonna be like they don't care what I have to say. They don't care if I think that what they're doing is good or if I'm proud of them. Usually like, they do though. Yeah, Who gives exactly. a shit what they care about? Just say whatever just you want to say. say. <laughs> yeah. Say yeah. That can be on them to to interpret however they please. And that's you know? that's the whole thing, right? I mean, that's not to say that you don't need to wa- like watch what you say sometimes. Yes. Because like yeah. you got you. Yeah. We, we got to ha- we got to have a filter. Yeah. Sometimes. Totally. But yeah. But just, you know, I, I think more of just being, just having the confidence to assert your, your um, validation, yeah. right? On, on what somebody is doing, it can be, it can go a long way. Yeah. You know, and I think that when people are being, ultimately when people are being authentic and they're confident in who they are, they will assert those things. And in turn, it makes the people around them feel better. And the ones who don't feel better about that are, are like negative energies. Those yeah. are people that you need to get away from you. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, if, if, if one person is like going up and everybody pushes each other, everyone comes up, it's the same thing. Where it's like, it's like un, 
like just like if you strengthen one of your personal strengths, you strengthen a bunch. If you if one person's being supported, then there's like a chain of support for all those other people. Everybody comes up. Totally. You know? Rising so, tides lift yeah. all boats, you know. Yeah. And speaking of tides, I gotta take a huge piss. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good way to end speaking that conversation. Um <laughs> this has been awesome, guys. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You, really yeah, enjoyed no the conversation. I'm stoked about the music you're putting out and can't wait to see what. Ooh, you guys should we do. say dates? Because we have some. Yeah, dates. can we like shamelessly plug our show? Yeah, right please now? do. I, so. This probably won't air until the end of September. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, well, still, let's talk. Most of the dates are at the end of September. Same anyway. So on September, oh, we have a, September 17th. I don't know if this is going to be released by then. We're playing, which you guys should definitely come to. It's a Sunday, so hopefully you're not gigging. I am. You are. Yep. Fuck. Damn. Where at? Uh, underbelly. Damn it. What time? Uh, nine. Oh, that's the one with the Madison chick. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Um, Where are you at? I, un, we're playing uh, for this uh, Sing Out Sarbez. Loud Festival. Sarbez. Yeah. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. yeah. It's going to be dope. So What's that's it? Sunday the 17th from like, we'll probably play at like nine. But if this airs, yeah, everyone that's listening to this should come Go at check like it out. four or five. Because there's Annie Dukes playing on mm-hmm. the same bill and then like two other bands that I don't know, but there's I listened to some of them and they're sweet. Then on the... 26 is when we wanted to release that video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The 26, we were like releasing a live video of like from, Hold On Me. From Heartwood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, oh, yeah. I'm so excited about it. It's got that. extra hits and shit in there I too. Loved, I loved the one you guys put out, the first tune. I forget the name of it. But Violets. Violets. And, and so yes. we're putting that one on streaming platforms. That drops on the 29th. Okay, yes. that's the 26th. Yes. And then on Wednesday, October 4th, it's like the 10 year anniversary or 20 year. Is it? Yeah. I didn't it's even like know the that. anniversary of like Art Walk. Okay, that's cute. Um, awesome. And that's so we're cute. playing from like seven thirty to nine, I think. In the park. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the first time playing. I we still need to figure out how we're gonna play an hour and a half worth of music, but oh, we'll, we'll kill it. I'm sure yeah, you guys. We'll figure that great. out. We got it. And then that same weekend, we're playing at uh, the Beaches Oktoberfest at four o'clock. Awesome. Nice. And that one's gonna be sweet because we're playing right before Trash Panda, and then after them, there's ex ambassadors and American authors. Mm-hmm. Dude, so nice. I'm hoping the turnout will be sweet because yeah. those are all pretty like they're not unpopular bands. Totally. No, certainly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you guys again for being you, here. Uh, re- very excited for you guys. Um, make sure you, everyone supports what they're doing. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is at Koi Boy Music. Mm-hmm. Let me spell it. C-O-Y-B-O-I Music. Everyone thinks it's Cowboy. Yeah, it's hilarious. But it's not. It's not Cowboy. Uh, it's not Koi like the fish. And it is not. And then there's uh, Facebook is the same. Uh, what else do we have? You on the TikTok Facebook. yet? Oh, yeah, we are we're on, on TikTok. TikTok. I think TikTok's Koi, Koi Boy Music, music too. Um, okay, dope. Yeah, and if there's a rich person out there that wants to let us borrow three thousand or wants to give us three thousand dollars to invest towards our music, we would really appreciate that. Thanks in advance. Yeah. We're manifesting this right now. And if you have more than three thousand, please feel free to give more. Yeah. Because <laughs> two shit. songs are better than Cut one. <laughs> Alright guys, peace out. <laughs> Goodbye.